0: Chick 1, 2, 1212, bitch, bitch.
1: This is episode 84 yeah, yeah. of the Neurological Sense Podcast. This is your boy, Mr. Busby. And over here is JC No Hunnits. And if y'all excuse me, I am just getting over a fat-ass headache I've had for the past, I guess, past three days, four days. I've been feeling like trash the past few days, so. Got that Ebola. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But uh, how you doing? I'm chilling, man. Yeah, it must be nice to be chilling. I want to be chilling. Chilling over this goddamn headache. <laughs> yeah. Headache go not, man. This past weekend, it was not going to stop me from watching wrestling.
0: Hell yeah. It Give me a hell yeah.
1: WrestleMania weekend, or like I call it, All Star, All Star Wrestling weekend. And it took place in New Orleans. And, you know, of course, Vince McMahon and the gang, they delivered once again with their product. They gave us nothing but great sports entertainment, like he calls it. Mm-hmm. And it took place at the Superdome, WrestleMania 34. Yes. they 34th one. And they delivered. I mean, entertaining-wise, it was really great. But the night before, we had NXT Takeover, which is Triple H and his little and his little minions, and they put on an amazing show. Quite an amazing show. One of the best shows I've seen. Best wrestling shows I've seen in a long time. And they're undefeated when it comes to that. So whenever y'all ever get a chance, if you got the WWE Network, go watch NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Johnny Gargano and Champa Tomasco, Tomaco, man, I can't even say his damn name. What? Champa? What? they put on such <laughs> they put on a great, amazing match. The latter match for the North American Championship that was great. Everything about that damn show was just fucking amazing. Now, when it comes to WrestleMania itself, you had Ronda Rousey make her in wing debut, and she put on an amazing show, didn't she? Yes, yeah, she did.
0: Now, everybody knows my stance. I love wrestling.
1: You don't love wrestling like I love wrestling. I just don't
0: love it enough to subdue myself to week to week to these bullshit-ass storylines. So
1: hmm.
0: that's how I stay clear. And that's how I'm able to enjoy WrestleMania because I come in knowing nothing. And my expectations aren't high because I know nothing. So when something happens and I see you <laughs> pissed off and Edgar, Edgar kind of like, what the fuck's going on? I'm like, huh, that's why I don't stay invested anymore. So I just can, enjoy
1: you know, it. So you're just a casual-ass fan.
0: Now I am. Back then, I was hardcore. You know why? I mean, of
1: course. Everyone was back then. That's, see, when WrestleMania comes around, all the casual fans just love coming back just to watch WrestleMania. Of course. They can, they'll watch SummerSlam, Royal Rumble. When it comes to WrestleMania, everybody has to come back and watch it. And plus, it was free. You can watch it on the WWE Network for free, which was crazy. They're giving that shit away literally for free.
0: Yeah. I mean, I tuned into the Big Four. Yeah. for
1: well, yeah, it's, it's mandatory. And, of course, Survivor Series, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, and SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, so... Ronda Rousey had a great match, and that was entertaining as fuck. She exceeded my expectations. Yeah, the the storyline leading up to
0: it, I was kind of like, eh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Like, they're just doing a lot of talking, not much as... taking place. Yeah,
1: they had to do story. they had to, you know, do her promo skills and show her acting ability and shit like that. And it was rough. I'm not going I'm not going to lie. It was rough, but she I, I was waiting for her to see how she was going to do in the ring. Right. And when she went in the ring, man, she did what she had to do. And honestly, I want to give like a round of applause for her. all four of them. They did a great job. Triple H, Kurt Angle, and Stephanie McMahon, man. They all played their roles, man. And it was how I call it, it was just Fuckery, and I fucking loved it. Oh yeah, I loved every single minute. It was entertaining. Stephanie just do, being the chicken shit heel, like doing little fucked up shit, and then Ronda. And when Ronda got in that ring, man, and she ran in there and threw her in the fucking ring. Oh, that was fucking beautiful. And then how she was talking shit while she was putting you into an arm hold, and just and when she was giving when she was shadow boxing with Triple H and Triple H selling it, and get, making Ronda look like a million bucks. That shit was great.
0: Yeah, and what I laughed about. And a bunch of other people were laughing about was when Kurt and Triple H disappeared from the ring.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, "That ain't nothing but age, man. They they need a heavy break from this shit because <laughs> bodies is hurting. Kurt ain't got enough milk no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying like they just needed that." But yeah, the the selling of those punches mm-hmm. like I, I, H that, just, that, that that's that's going to be a gif that's going to be used for <laughs> m- a many a times to come the rest of the year. And that's yeah. one thing I love about WrestleMania in general. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania always sets the tone. For memes, for gifs, and just for random ass sayings and chants. Like if you really think about it when it comes to pop culture, outside of the occasional fuckery that takes place every single week, mm. WrestleMania really is uh plays a vital role in that.
1: Oh yeah, it's up there at the fucking Super Bowl. Right.
0: Um, but yeah, shouts out to them. Uh they ended up being the most, in my opinion, the most entertaining match it of the night. It was the most.
1: Sad. It was match of the fu- It was match other night. They match of the year It's not not match of the year, but it was a match of the year contender. Right, I can tell you that because there was a bunch of match of the years at NXT the night before. But when it comes to like when it comes to quality wrestling, watch NXT. But if you want entertainment, just watch WrestleMania. For sure, I thought that they were what you called it. We thought that it was going to end
0: with both. Kurt putting Triple H in the submission. And, and uh, then
1: Lock and, and Ronda putting her in the armbar. Right.
0: And they almost had it, but then they were able to pull apart. And then.
1: Yes. And then Ronda putting Stephanie into the armbar and the camera in the camera work. And I'm, how, sorry. Like, I'm yeah, sorry. Her yelling sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. i sorry. I'm Yeah. Ronda <laughs> did her thing, man. She, she's going to fit right in with the WWE. For event, sure. So I really can't wait to see what else she does. Other uh, stuff so that happened that night. We had Oscar versus the undefeated Oscar mm-hmm. go against Charlotte Flair, aka Ric Flair's daughter. They, they put on a pretty dope match right there, which resulted in Oscar breaking the streak. So I guess when you go to New Orleans, your streak is gonna die. Basically. <laughs> it, and but to me, that match just kind of ended very abruptly, especially with AJ and Nakamura. Man, That was supposed to be the dream match that all wrestling fans wanted, and it just ended abruptly. And it resulted in Nakamura becoming a bad guy, which I guess was cool. But his entrance was fucking dope. Very man. Michael Jackson-ish. When he had was just the string with the orchestra and he had the live rock band and shit. That shit was fucking fire.
0: Man, Nakamura, man. His, his entrances. I always say that Triple H is willing to spend your whole salary on his WrestleMania entrance alone. This guy Nakamura, man. I threw a bag at that shit, man. He he's gonna he's after a while he's gonna have some like he's gonna have some moments where he just like damn, what an entrance! Oh, yeah. Um, I saw how you were looking at the heel turn like what the fuck is going on? No, nah, like,
1: I was just like whatever. <laughs> it was I was more mad about the match didn't live up to my expectations. For me, I was like, ooh, a heel turn, let's get it! Like, I wasn't come, really help me tune about, in for the next one. I wasn't really tripping about the heel turn. It was more just about. I was more about the art form, about the match with AJ Styles and shit. Because if you watch New, like what's it called, New Japan and shit like that, Wrestle Kingdom, they put on a dope ass match. But this time they just put on just some. It wasn't bullshit. It was cool, but it was just like it just ended abruptly. And right. It was just like I. It was like I guess it wasn't the fact that AJ. It wasn't the fact that Nakamura lost. It was just the match just didn't really live up to my expectations. So it was whatever. Yeah another fuckery that happened Braun Strowman got himself a new um got himself a tag partner which was Nicholas 10 was year it. old Nicholas yeah he came the youngest tag team champion ever
0: youngest champion ever period yeah period
1: <laughs> yeah in the WWE history so okay, all he did was all he did was step in the
0: ring and then tag him back out yeah, yeah
1: that shit was fucking I was just fuckery but whatever and then John Cena went against The Undertaker in a squash match. Oh,
0: let's talk about John Cena. I want to want to talk about this.
1: So pretty much the build up to John Cena and Undertaker was a really weird one. So leading up to WrestleMania, John Cena was talking was pretty much going into the ring and calling out The Undertaker. He kept calling him out, kept calling him out and he just wouldn't show up. So the week before WrestleMania, he called him out one last time. Taker didn't show up. So he just said, "Fuck it. I'm going to be I'm going to show up to WrestleMania as a fan." So and did he ever? And he was literally in the crowd. He was in the
0: stands drinking, was, beer, which, drinking beer, which which I'm I'm convinced was uh
1: apple cider. Yeah, just came and asked him beer. He was babysitting. They was just chilling there, drinking his beer, taking pictures with fans, sitting next to some charity people. You know, he was just having a good old time. And then after the Charlotte Oscar match, I see a referee. Kind well, of before
0: okay, so let's actually let's
1: get into Charlotte first. I already talked about it. No, I want to get a little
0: bit more deeper into this. Why? Because this actually, this is something that actually stood out. Because I feel like,
1: how do you feel Ronda is gonna play into that? Or I don't know. That's the real question about it. That's what I really can't wait for. Like I can't really predict it. I really can't predict how. All all I know is that my prediction for what's gonna happen into the next. Years that they're gonna build for Ronda versus Charlotte. They're, they're gonna have her main event WrestleMania because Ronda is too much of a hot commodity. Right. Oh yeah. That's that's my thing is not only is she a hot commodity,
0: but she's she's just an interesting figure. Like you can do a lot with her character. Oh yeah. Because you know, obviously, she has a lot to work on behind the mic, but just physically, her gifts and her talents. Like you have a lot to work with. Oh yeah.
1: And she shows that she can really still do it. Right. But. Let me lose my train of thought. So, anyway, what were we talking about? John about Cena? Just
0: sitting there eating popcorn, drinking, yeah, you know, whatnot. Yeah, why
1: we went to that subject. Anyway, yeah, so John Cena was sitting there eating this popcorn, and then a um, referee started coming out. And I saw this referee, like, why is referee just running out here? And then you see the camera, and you see him running, running right towards Cena, is, so he jumps over the guardrail guardrail cena is just sitting there and then the dude goes says something to cena and all you see him is here he's here and and cena's like fuck out of here no he's not and he's like no he's here and then cena just gets up jumps the guardrail and he literally see this nigga just literally booking it to the back for the second straight year cena was running track on the ramp that shit was hilarious funny as fuck that became the most memeable moment from WrestleMania. And mm-hmm. He literally just ran to the back, literally ran past Charlotte. Hey Charlotte, and just kept running, just ran to the back. And then he came out later on that night, called out Taker, and then Elias came out, sang his little guitar. Cena gave him an FU or attitude of judgment, attitude adjustment, and then Taker came out and took fucking ten thousand years to get to the fucking ring like he always does. Yep. And then, I guess, in a nutshell, him and Taker just had a little squash match. It was like, what, five minutes at best? It's a five minutes of just... Just Taker showing that he he, he got a new hit. and just like playing a jobber. Yeah, yeah, Cena was just being a jobber. And then Taker gave him the tombstone, and then that was it. And then they were like, all right, Cena, will see it's you after you're done promoting uh, blockers. blockers. And he's doing other movies and shit. Right. Also, another great a great moment is Daniel Bryan made his in ring return, which was pretty dope. And yes, him, yes, and yes, yes. If I'm yes. getting over this sickness, I'll be doing that with you. But um, yeah, him and Shane McMahon put on a match with um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which was a really good match. It which was a decent match for what it was, but it was just to showcase Daniel Bryan's ring skills, and that boy still got it. Yeah, he was nice. Yeah, he he's definitely nice. nice.
0: I mean, they played it off so nicely too. They pretty much hurt him in the beginning.
1: So yeah, he, I kind of took the I kind of took the crowd out of it.
0: Right, yeah. so they they leave Shane. Shane O'Mac is still. Somebody said it on Twitter best. They're like, I think all these years Shane's just been telling us that he's ready for death. Nobody's taking him seriously.
1: Well, he didn't really kill himself this year, so that's a plus. That's a new one, right? Because every year Shane always does some crazy shit to make him look like he's gonna die for our sins, right? Either jumping from the hell in a cell, getting killed by AJ Styles, or just doing some shit. But he did his thing. Anyway, yeah. this whole WrestleMania shit lasted for fucking, along with the pre-show, which was two hours, the whole show was seven hours. Started at 2 o'clock and ended around 9 o'clock, our time.
0: Yeah, because by the time we got to Brock vs. Roman, I was like, alright, whatever. Anyway, like,
1: I was me, Edgar, and J.C., we were at my house, we were just watching, it and we were already kind of fatigued, so just imagine how the crowd was. right. Imagine if we were actually there, man. I would have been fucking tired as fuck. I can Because when they kept to the pre-show, the, the, the stadium was already fucking full. So mm-hmm. some of them motherfuckers were probably there since like. What? Probably 10 a.m. that day or probably like. Something
0: like that. Yeah, they were probably there for like 10 hours. All I know is this once. In- once Nicholas held the belt, I would have looked at you and Edgar been like, all right, we're leaving now. Let's you go. would have left during the
1: main event. I'm not going to lie. To get, catch traffic and shit like that, I would have been irritated. Right. Anyway, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns had their little re- WrestleMania rematch, and Brock Lesnar was just legit. Just, it was like the passion of Roman Reigns. <laughs> Brock Lesnar was just whooping the fuck out of him. Gave him six F5s. And I kicked the it shit was just, out it of him. It got to the point where the crowd was just... They just tuned out. They just had a beach ball. and They were just throwing it around the ring, and then you heard, and then the crowd was going into business for itself, started chanting CM Punk, and then yelling, "This is awful!" And right? I'm like, Damn! That's how you know they don't give a fuck. Right. And then after the six-five and multiple suplexes and busted his head open, Roman Reigns' head open, Brock Lesnar won the match.
0: Yeah. So everybody's surprised because everybody was. And everyone like,
1: thought Brock was leaving. Right. And it was like, whoa, okay. And then it was just like an anticlimactic ending. It was like, well, that was a fucking weird ending. Right. I don't know how to feel about that ending. I was exhausted. And I'm still trying to process WrestleMania. Even by talking about it, I'm still trying to process it. But all in all, WrestleMania was pretty dope. And then it comes to find out that it just broke, just right before we recorded, that Brock signed a new deal with the WWE. And in this new deal... And not only that, he's gonna go against Roman Reigns again in Saudi Arabia when they do the the greatest Royal Rumble. So it's a it's a new it's a pay-per-view or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be interesting in a steel cage too. So I don't know how that's gonna work out. And he signed a new deal. Now, and in this new deal, it said that he can still go he can fight in UFC when he really wants to wow so i don't know how he finesse finessed. i don't know how brock lesnar finds a way to finesse vince doing what he wants to do. but when he knows he he knows his money and he knows his worth when he knows that vince mcmahon needs him more than he needs you shit yeah hey man
0: yeah, i mean overall i was
1: entertained you i was mean entertained. uh yeah
0: of course new day didn't win but they came in had that a hell match. of an entrance that shit was funny to me yeah. came out with uh Pancakes. It was like, yeah, it was like Xavier Woods, like, some of them, like, he was the fucking Green Ranger. Um yeah. They came out short stacks and doing worms and flips and all that shit. So, it was cool. Gangsta Usos held their own, but, of course... The Belgian uh, Brothers. Yeah. The
1: Brothers. Yeah, that was like a fucking that was a squash match. That right. shit last only like five or ten minutes. It did not even last that long. Right. Like they had to keep the show going. That's
0: like I said, how I looked at it. Like I
1: said, I'm not invested in it as much as I am. Yeah. If y'all want to see all my wrestling twitch, y'all should just follow me on Twitter and
0: shit. Right. Um, however, because I'm not, I'm able to just look at it and be like, oh, okay. Occasionally I would ask you, um, and Edgar, okay, what's going on with the backstory? Edgar here? don't
1: even be watching it like that. Yeah, like, that's what I'm you- saying.
0: And then as soon as I realized Edgar wasn't as invested As before, I was like, okay, well, let's just... It's
1: just me, and then I don't even... Sometimes I just don't even like to, like, kind of overly explain shit. It's just like, just watch the damn show. (laughs) That's pretty much what I tell you. Just watch the fucking shit. Yeah, I mean, overall, it was entertaining. I liked it. It was cool. It is what it was, and we stay on the UFC topic. Conor McGregor might (laughs) want to look into the WWE real soon. Yeah. This motherfucker just lost his damn mind last week when he decided to throw a fucking trash can at the fucking... um, What's it called? At the what's it called? At the tour bus or whatever? He just some stupid shit. Yeah, he got arrested and all that. That nigga's really living his own character, man. I think sooner or later he's gonna come to the WWE. And I don't think Vince is gonna want to control that nigga.
0: Right. Yeah. That's uh, you can only get away with one kind of Stone Cold Steve Austin in your lifetime, and Connor's psh, at least fifteen years too late. Like there.
1: Nah. The thing is, he believes what he he believes his own gimmick. He believes his own hype. There's a difference with that. Well, no, I'm talking about just in
0: general, just the the kind of stuff that goes with it. Oh, yes, yeah. Like just maintaining and then writing the storyline and then having to make sure he's involved with writing, creating for his own character, yada yada yada. Like,
1: yeah,
0: that it is it's just a different phase. But I mean, I don't know what the fuck was on his mind. Like,
1: no, he just wanted to sell tickets, man. That's all he was trying to do. And he Ended up going to jail over and fucked over. Uh, I guess he Dana fucked over White. UFC uh, 123
0: or 223, whatever it was. Some shit
1: like that. See, that's the only thing. I really, I really don't watch UFC like that. I, I just know the. I just know some of the players know about Conor and know about their own rondas and all the other people and shit like that. So, right. Well, for Brock to actually get that kind of contract for him to go back to UFC when he really wants to, because he's on he's on suspension for being on fucking steroids mm-hmm. and shit, and he can he can still go back there and do it when he wants to. Man. Yep. I can't even hate on Brock with that. That's money. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of money, Cardi B had the best weekend ever. Man, talk about... (laughs) That's an understatement. Damn, this fucking headache. Now it's coming back. Right when I start talking, it starts fucking coming back. Ain't that a bitch? So her her debut album came out, Invasion of Privacy. Yep. And, of course... This you nice and I. Uh, seated us. our expectations musically.
0: For sure. So, brothers, we cited out Atlantic's rollout. We're trying to figure out what the hell was going on. We were thinking that it was rushed. And come to find out, not only was it not rushed, it was strategically planned. Mm-hmm. And, boy, was it planned very well. Because from the time it starts off, when we hit off with the Get Up 10. Yeah. Basically, the woman's version of Dreams and Nightmare intro. In a way. Like yeah. and then and to I mean
1: to add into that it didn't really it really didn't have the dreams and well, no,
0: no, no, I' feel. Right, but what I'm saying is the reason why it had that feel was come to find out the producer behind it was the Beat Bully who produced the same record for Meek.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so it definitely had that feel. I definitely like her rapping over just piano keys. Mm. Like it definitely set the tone. And then when that beat build up, it was a rap after that. Like there was no going back. You knew what, what you were listening to was about to be something special um of course the next track i when drip drip came out a couple of days earlier i chose not to listen to it yeah it on first li- yeah first listen it was blah um i've been on
1: like five or six spins now it's starting to grow on me um and Bickin' head Bickin' Bick Bick head. head boy that's a fucking twerking that's a man all the rap see this whole album before we really get in depth this when i kept listening to this album all the way through I just realized something. I got that feeling, you know, a really funny feeling I get when I start listening to certain albums. When I listen to Kendrick's albums, when I listen to YG's My Crazy Life for the first time, and Kendrick's uh, Good Kid Mad City, I got that feeling. I'm like, oh, this is some classic shit I'm listening to right Right. now. This album, as I'm going to say it right now, is going to go down as a hood classic down the line, as a ratchet female hood classic, right up there with the Trina albums and all in the Foxy Browns and the Lil' Kims. This album, Cardi B's album, is going to be right up there. For sure. Um, so so I, I chose to do my uh,
0: hashtag JC's first listen during this. And then when I got to Bick and Back, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is going to be him. one of them ones or Bickenback. I'm sorry. Um, I was like, this is going to be one of them ones where you just got girls in the club. They just gangbanging off sets that don't even exist. And then, you know, they holding and challenging their girls to twerk on a on a mother's son. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, Cardi retweets it and goodbye to my mentions like. Hey, man. I had to log off and I was like, man, forget it. I ain't gonna try to tweet nothing else after I finished with the the listen. Um, but that joint, man, this yeah, that was monster a good ass track. And, then, and shout out to her for paying homage to Project
1: Pat. Yeah, she took his whole, she took his flow, his flow whatever. flow, yeah. But she maintained it. Then right after Head, it goes right into Bodak Yellow. Mm-hmm. And after I heard that part, I'm like, oh, so she incorporated Bodak Yellow into this. Now, now there's no damn bonus track or whatever. Right. She made, she put it into the album, and I'm just like. Okay, this is a special album. And then you have Be Careful. We talked about that last week. Mm -hmm. And I told you I like that damn record. And you still like it or you still blah about it?
0: It's growing on me because now I have it in proper context. So it flows well within the album itself.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I liked it. I liked it from Jump. And then they go into Best Life, which I was kind of shocked to see Chance the Rapper. Everybody was shocked to see Chance on that. (laughs) Yeah, because only because when you saw the track list, all you saw was just Migos and 21 Savage. So you thought she was going to come like like carry the whole album by herself and then when the whole album came out like she said I had surprises and that was such a strategic way for Atlantic just to hold off on the features I
0: mean damn like so we already got t- Amigos, 21 Savage and we got Chance then mm-hmm. later you get SZA, YG, Kehlani we got Bad
1: Bunny and J Balvin Balvin with I Like It and shit man and like,
0: man, I get ready for I like it to just take over the summer. Get, re, I'm telling you, get ready yeah. for that record to take over the summer. No, and the club's
1: best life is a good song too. So no, but
0: you, you, you just, you're not, you're, not, you're not, going in. to understand the significance of I like it. Oh, I Like know. it's, it's going, to be, that's going to be an international hit.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they already filmed the video for it and everything. so... Yeah. And then you got Barty Cardi with Twenty One Savage and then she. I,
0: I like that. I, I was cool with the record before the album, mm-hmm. but then hearing
1: it in the context,
0: mm-hmm. man, great record. The way
1: Cardi. How, like how she pretty much sat back with this shit and really you could tell she took her time mm-hmm. to pick these records to make the records and pick the records. She you could tell she took her time to do this shit. Right. And yeah, I can tell why she was so afraid. It was just like she wanted us to be perfect. And I'm not giving us five mics or whatever. But this is a really, really strong debut. Oh, was well, no less than four. Yeah, it it's is like no less than four. four. And it was just it was great. I, I threw your phone and she had a whole bunch of fucking shit that a lot of females were listening to. A lot of a lot of women would just love this album. This was made specifically for women.
0: Kaylani's vocals were amazing mm-hmm. on uh Ring. Ring. And then Moneybag to me was like uh bacon head in the sense of it was like the advanced metrics of it. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody was saying that uh, Bickenhead was like the tutorial for the twerkers, mm-hmm. and then Money Bag was like when well, you' trying to pop it on the dick while you're doing a split. Like that's for like the advanced. Yep. Um, the and advanced then the fact that why right. and then YG pops up on uh, she bad, she bad, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I heard that because of course when I'm listening to it, you only if you don't see the feature because I'm not used to seeing the artists together in terms of being them being featured. Yeah in, like, the same lining. Yeah. So I didn't see that YG was on it. So I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, shit, is this, like, a sample that she did with YG? hmm And then when I heard Mustard on B, I was like, wait a minute, this is an original.
1: hmm
0: And then she was talking to shit. And then she brought up, uh, I forgot her name, uh, John Legend's wife.
1: Uh, Chrissy Changing. T- 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 T-
0: T- T- Thank you. When she brought yeah. her up, and then even
1: Chrissy was like, oh, yeah, my she God. She wants to do a threesome with them and shit. Yeah. yeah. And then you got through your phone. <laughs> through your phone, and then you got ID. Fellas? Yeah. Dive into
0: them DMs with caution this year for the rest of the year, because if you fuck up through your phone, is going to be the song that has you praying to God <laughs> that you just went the other route. Like that, that's a whole other that oh, that, yeah. that that's a that's a woman's record for sure. That's a scorned woman's the record. The whole
1: album is like a fucking is nothing but it's just for women, and it's just like this is something that Nicki wanted to do on her on pretty much all her damn albums. If we're gonna keep it fucking buck. Yeah, um, and then to close out,
0: uh, I do with SZA. SZA actually sounded very dope on a trap beat. Oh,
1: she did. Of course, she's trap. Yeah, she she, she sounds.
0: She sounded dope on the trap beat. Um, what I was so shocked about this album was that there was a lot of gender neutral hooks. So, and when I say that, it's you didn't have to as a man, you didn't have to be cautious about what you were. You know, chanting on the hooks like mm-hmm. they were just—they were neutral, friendly. Like, it didn't matter if you were a man or woman. Yeah, like you—you you could vibe with it off top. It didn't yeah. matter. Um, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's very, very hard to do. Mm-hmm. So, props to her for that. I mean, like I said, I was nervous coming in, listening to the record after uh, basically taking the whole weekend and listening to it. She got something special man. Like she, the rest of the year, they—they they gonna find a way to. Didn't I
1: tell you that was my prediction? Wasn't it? It was gonna be the hottest album of the summer. Didn't I tell you that? Was it one? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, so she didn't let me down. Thank you, Cardi. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, to the build-up to the album, she was on... Oh, no. Fuck that. After Fuck that. We we made some predictions last week about how much she was going to fucking sell, and I was right on the money. I said over... You said over 100-something. You said over 100K. I said
0: as long as she sold 85 to to 115,000. That was... That was pretty much what I was expecting for in terms of Atlantic to be like, okay, we have something here. We're not going to
1: dump her. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um No, nah, Atlantic like, already—they had that machine behind her real fucking quick. Because again, you looked on social media that they promoted the fuck. They gave her her own hashtag. She had three hashtags, I think. You know, Cardi B. It was like card hashtag Cardi B and then invasion of privacy, and then I think she had one more. No, that was it. It was. I it think was she two. had
0: a team Cardi or something like that. Probably,
1: and then. Yeah, then then Lyft had one for her. And that
0: was funny. So Lyft had uh, their promotion was that you could turn, you put a code in, and it would turn the cars around you into uh, the Cardi, Cardi heads. heads. Yeah, her yeah. head of the co- uh, cover. Up the
1: cover, and then fucking you had Oprah's Oprah magazine tw- tw- uh, posting it, posting about posting post- post- about on their Instagram. It was Oprah just... herself was on a. It wasn't post- Oprah.
0: No no, 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 I'm saying, but. Just Oprah, the the caption just they used was like Oprah. she was listening to,
1: it, yeah, yeah, and it, it just like, and like she was getting praises from all around, man. And then I just kind of let me, and then after that, she goes to SNL, and she finally reveals that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was like the worst kept secret of all time. But hey, and shit, I was just like, oh shit, Ronda Rousey coming out again. Mm-hmm. But. um... <laughs> Yeah, and then it just leads me to this question: Is the industry trying to get Nikki the fuck up out of here? It's a good question to ask. Because I'm seeing all this shit that's going on, and it's just like this machine is just pushing her, just pushing her really fucking tough. And it's just like, are they just trying to get like this is the shit? The shit that they're doing with Cardi is the same shit they did with Nikki Mm -hmm. when she first came out. And now it's just like now that the crown is just. With Cardi now, whether Cardi wants to admit it or not, like you think the industry trying to like replace her now? You definitely got that feel on Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. because it wasn't just the
0: pregnancy announcement. And then to kind of sidetrack off that, um of course Chadwick Boseman was on there. Oh yeah, of course Black Panther,
1: mm-hmm. phenomenal
0: job. Like he just had everything. Pretty much he was doing was funny as hell. Uh-huh. They had the Black Jeopardy skip. Yeah, I saw clips of that. That shit was funny as hell. I'm um, talking about you know some just. A, food, a white dish that you just went touch touch, and then it got macaroni, uh, cheese, and potato salad. Mm-hmm. And the fact he even brought me goes something tells me that you'll find raisins in there. <laughs> I lost my shit after that. I was like, yeah, probably will. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go back on Cardi, it just it had a feel like the changing of the guard was now. It wasn't just speculation. Like it was actually kind of okay. This we're here now. Like there's a legit competition. It's not just about well. You know, in the case of Remy versus N- Nicki, Nikki, you know, Remy came in with an album, but it was as a duo album,
1: uh-huh.
0: and she really wasn't pushing for a solo career because, yeah. you know, she's been out for... She was out longer than Nikki was, so and all she did, they're not peers.
1: And all she did was is she just responded to Nikki. She responded in a way that Nikki didn't think she was going to do. In a way, she knocked her crown off her head right, and didn't pick it up. She kind of played with it, but then she put it down, and then Cardi went and just picked it up, even though Cardi just said, like she said in GQ, like, I'm not calling myself the queen of rap. All I want to do is make great music. That's all I really right. care and about. Right, and
0: I feel like that's why it's important to take note of what could possibly be taking place. Because she's not coming in throwing haymakers at Nikki. Because usually what happens is when you throw haymakers at the crown, especially coming in at your debut, you know what I'm saying? Like, really only yeah, 50, right. only 50 was really able to
1: if that was a gimmick by fifty,
0: right? But he 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 sold it because that was mm. that was the life he was living. So really, it was only fifty that was able to make a name off of that. It's, mm. You can't really just jump in unless you yourself are a gimmick. Yeah. Um, for her to come in with that way and then have this amazing debut, yeah, like that's just it's the balls rolling now.
1: Oh yeah, it's rolling, and now she's pregnant, and she's about to perform at fucking Coachella in the next few in like this week actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be. Pretty interesting. So shit. they just and then speaking
0: of Coachella, they just cleared that um, Beyonce's done. Beyonce and the Weekends uh, performances
1: are going to be streamed. Is and is going to be streamed. Probably, they didn't say anything about it. Yeah, I don't know shit. It probably is. But I don't think no one really cares. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I don't even think Eminem's going to stream it because he's he's that much of an asshole like that. Bitch, I don't yeah, stand Anyway, so. Courtney did an interview on Beach 1. That kind of leads into this shit. That mm-hmm. leads into what we were talking about, and she was talking to Eero about, you know, going to history about the album, talking about be careful, you know, and then she wanted to focus on different flows and right. It was a really in depth interview, and and what's it called? Another one that was pretty interesting was when they talked about the whole sneak diss and shit when it came to Nicki, mm-hmm. and she said flat out like, I don't know why everyone wants to put us against each other. Like, I'm not gonna diss her and you know, I've talked to Nikki and, you know, we've talked and, we, and we've got we got mutual respect for each other and blah, 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 blah. And Like I've told everyone before, it's not going to be Cardi that's going to diss Nikki. It's going to be Nikki. Yeah. And Nikki's going to be the one that end my prediction. I said flat out what's going to happen is that Nikki's going to fucking she's going to get fed up of this shit. She's going to come back and she's going to fucking say some slick shit to Cardi. And then that, that's when the whole house of cards is going to come crumbling down.
0: Yeah, until we get there, um, same interview, some things that I highlighted. Um, When Ebro brought up about what was it like working pretty much with every artist, um, and she was basically saying, you know, she said uh, she knows how tough it is for artists to work in terms of because there's scheduling conflicts. Everybody's just off doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. So she was like, when I wanted to work with an artist, I made sure that we got the record out if they didn't like something, I was like, tell me what you want me to fix it because I really want you on this. You know, I, I just need to get you on. And she goes, the feedback I was getting back was just, it was love all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, It was dope to hear that Bruno reached out to her for the Finesse remix. Yeah. That was really dope to hear. And and then, of course, bringing up the Migos, Ebro asked, okay, so, you know, be careful. That going at Offset, she's like, I recorded this shit long before Offset was even in the picture. Mm-hmm. So that, that, was, that was cool to hear where it was like, that's a true artist taking it's something that probably you could apply that has happened over the past few months was actually something that she recorded damn near a year ago. Yeah. Um, and then just working with the Migos in general, because as a result of that, um, they brought up Drip. Mm-hmm. And how he asked, well, what was the process with that? And she said, well, that was Offset had the record done. Then he came to me, and it was going to be a record that both of us were going to do. But then Quavo and Takeoff, they jumped on later, and then it just went, and she goes. And one thing that she cited about working with Offset and them was that she gets really nervous being around them just because she's cautious about their different styles, with her being from New York, him being from the South, Um, and the fact that when Migos go in, they're working like right on there, right on the set. Like For her, she needs to take time to go out. So I thought that was pretty interesting to see. And then what made me laugh was... She obviously doesn't know how to drive, and then to play it off, she goes, "Look, I'll tell you this: I'm a professional passenger." Yeah, you know, yeah. that's funny as shit. Um, good interview overall. Like, I, I mean, we we know about Cardi being humble, not trying to be something bigger than she is, just mm-hmm. enjoying and living in the moment. And I feel like that interview definitely she had some good points too, where it was she said, "I'm, I'm making records that were even if you don't like me or don't like my music." you have no choice but to relate because these are relatable songs. Yeah. Um, and she's right. So props off to Cardi, like, for sure. Like, again, this dope-ass debut. Not much more needs to be said about Not that. much
1: more needs to be said. And um, so, your,
0: your favorite artist.
1: Yeah, so that leads into what happened. So when Cardi was trying to speak for women, you know, Mr. Cash Cow himself, Mr. Opportunist himself, Aubrey Drake Graham had to cash in his money in the bank of opportunity mm-hmm. and he dropped I guess his follow up single to God's Plan called Nice, nice For What, what. don't yeah. play that record do not yeah. play that record you sure yes
0: I do not know. play it maybe
1: no don't you play it if you play it play Lauryn Hill
0: maybe it's playing right now I don't know no just turn it off <laughs> just turn the shit off
1: turn it I'm serious like you gonna put the record scratch and just play Lauryn Hill in the background um, when I first heard it, I was kind of like, yeah, okay. And then I guess when I started hearing it more and more and more, I'm like, okay, I really don't like this record now. And it's probably not because I don't, it's because I just don't like it. It's just like, it's just fake to me. You know what I mean? Because it has mm-hmm. a real Lauryn Hill record to it. He's more talk, shouting about women. And I think the video is what really did it for me. Because he had a whole bunch of, like, a who's who of um, women in there from, Isha, from Issa Rae to fucking um, Shel Rodriguez to Olivia Wilde. Patithia to D.T. Wright. D.T. Wright. Uh, it was like a who's who of women, upon women on there. You Rashida Jones? Yeah, Rashida Jones yeah, in there, man. yeah. God, I love Rashida Jones, man. Yeah, she looking good, man. And um, it was just... It was cool. Like it was. It was the video was just yeah. and then the same girl who did the God's Plan video, Karina, not Karina, Karina Evans. She directed it. She was twenty two. Mm-hmm. She's twenty two, which was pretty cool. But that's a hell of a resume to have on your belt at twenty two years old. to Drake out. Two Drake. Uh, two Drake, um, two Drake videos. videos. Yeah. Yeah, man. Especially in that industry, that is, that's a tough ass industry. Yeah, I know. So he watched out for her on that one, but to me. I'm seeing through this shit, Aubrey. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves the damn record, and I'm like the only one. Cause they spend on when I go on when I went on fucking Instagram, these females were just playing the fuck out of it. And I guess it was made for them. You know, Drake makes records for females, which is what he does, but it was just like, I don't I don't know, man. I just don't know. My take on it was
0: uh, more of this shit again. Exactly. Because he really
1: wasn't... It he had, wasn't saying anything. Exactly, he didn't
0: say shit. It had the potential.
1: He wasn't saying shit.
0: But first of all, okay, first of all, let's talk about the beat. The beat was Everybody cool. was hyping off the... You thought the beat was cool? The beat was cool, Me, I like the beat. All right, first of all, I'm not giving Murder Beats any props on that damn beat. All he did was loop the fucking sample. That's all he did. It wasn't like anything intricate went into it. Everybody's talking about this is a slapper, this, this, this and that. But before the buildup of the New Orleans sound happens towards the end... All we pretty much got was a fucking snare and a hi hat, and then an occasional kick in between.
1: And then so I'm not just, gonna give credit and for then that. Just kept reverbing his um, vocals and shit like that, and it was just right. Now the
0: ending of the, tra- the when it comes in terms of the beat, the ending was cool. It had that traditional New Orleans sound, mm-hmm. but everything leading up to that, I'm not gonna give props for that. Like that's. Fundamental shit. Like, I'm, like, well, I'm not going to do that. I,
1: but when, the, when you're in the club, I can understand, like, right,
0: understand yeah. that. I understand the impact is gonna happen. Yeah, it's going to have. Yeah, it's It's Drake behind it. As mm. I've been saying time and time again, Drake will eventually get to the point where he will release a song called White Dog Shit. And people are going to talk about this is the most fire song ever because he has the cult following
1: now. Because, I, I guess, yeah, he has that Eminem cult following. He had known too.
0: Right. Now in terms of actual song once again, I mean it's just he just wasn't saying shit. So to me it was just like Blah. all right, I guess the sure, show like
1: I guess. What are you
0: trying to prove now, dog? Like That's he, what
1: I'm that's what I'm thinking of now. It's like and they and they're saying he they're releasing this to the radios, like officially to the radios and they're saying it's the second single from the album. So I'm was I was like whoa, cool. oh, shit. Well damn. Whoa, that was nasty. Don't Ooh, be drinking man. soda on set no more. <laughs> damn, <that's laughs> stick to drive. Yeah. Anyway, that's pretty much how I feel about that record,
0: <laughs>
1: huh. and not because I have nothing bad against ladies and shit. But the thing was, he made it critic-proof. So it's like if you hate on the record, it's like oh, so you hate on women. Da-da-da-da. Exactly.
0: Yeah. To me, it was pandering because it if is. You, you say you don't like the record, it's like oh, so you that's don't like a record that's you know specified for the women. And then if you say well, the video's just ants, like how can you not like a video that has Tiffany Haddish in it?
1: That's the same you know with saying? fucking with God's plan. The God's plan video. Oh, you're like you because he's giving out fucking money to people and shit like that i'm seeing what the fuck he's doing i see through this shit ow headache <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, it just gets annoying it's like come on my nick. Ne- eh, whatever man and they say this is the second single from his album so i'm like so god's plan was the first single but i thought that was just for your ep and right. You're like, yeah, so what was, so what was diplomatic immunity? What was, what are you doing, my nigga? Like, did you just say you was just like, oh shit, this caught on? So yeah, he sees what he can do now. So he's like, okay, I can do this and do that. All right. I mean, I'm gonna make another prediction. I'm, I was wrong about Drake when it comes to his hits, but he ain't gonna drop him. He's not gonna drop another classic. I mean, another classic. He's not gonna drop a classic. I mean, he's he's so far removed from.
0: And I think who was a DJ Booth had a dope article. Somebody, I don't know if it was an article or somebody was saying that represented DJ Booth, was basically saying, at this point, he don't even need to do albums. He yeah, just drop records like every few months, he, and that's it's, it. It's just singles.
1: Just singles, and that's it. You don't need to drop no albums no more. So, I, I I don't know how to feel about this shit. So, people on Twitter are saying a whole bunch of hot texts about the, the embodiment of Drake, and i was seeing a whole bunch of stupid shit. And you know how I am on Twitter. I was sick. I was sick and I had an attitude. So when if I'm on if I'm on Twitter and I see people saying stupid shit and I was just in that mood, I'm just gonna call you a fucking idiot. Yeah. So I saw a whole lot of hot takes, especially from this one chick. I don't know her name, but she said that the "Nice for One video is the perfect rep- is. I don't think a, ra- a rapper like Tupac Drake is the first rapper since Tupac that I know of that represents that completely represents women, black women in, in general. And I'm like this stupid motherfucker. <laughs> like you never heard an LL Cool J record in your motherfucking life. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like and these Drake fans. This is what I just really don't get about these Drake fans, man. This is why I'm so hard on these motherfuckers and why why I love trolling them so fucking much is because they keep thinking Drake is the end all be all. Ooh, Nia Jackson, the mm, mm. Nia Jax, man. Mm. Nia Anyway, see but, see that, that got us off topic, but man, I just if I look thick girls, that's not a jack. That's all man. woman right there. Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss is cute too. But um yeah, that just annoys me about Drake fans. I've say it time and time again. They really just annoy the fuck out of me because they always keep thinking he is the he is the greatest thing since sliced bread now. And it's just like, dude, like no, he's not. When you show all these other rappers that are fucking better than him, it is just like, no, he got this and that and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And you got one, yourself into a debate with one person. No, I guy. didn't I didn't get into
0: myself into a debate. I got myself into a nice discussion with one of the <sighs> persons that you referred to as the, dumbass.
1: Nah, it's a fucking idiot. Get it yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, because you, something told me, you know, kind of check in because I don't think this kid's our age. So, because it's not our age, that means maybe he ain't got all the information. Because you know, I can remember being twenty twenty one, thinking I knew some shit, and come to find out I didn't know much about yeah, that's a true. lot.
1: And plus, I was sick and had, a, and had an attitude. Right.
0: So, shout out to uh, Jalen OG. That's his at name on Twitter. Um, yeah, he, he said. He yeah, he yeah, he had a tweet. Yeah, he did tweet, and he basically was saying you, you cannot name, name three rappers that were bigger than Drake at their peak in terms of popularity. Um, you had a response to it. What was your response? Because you your response was so much darker than
1: mine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before you go, go 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 to it because that it was it was pretty dark.
0: I don't know what yours was.
1: Oh no, I I have a feeling. I it was really it was really really dark. It was really dark. Lil Wayne, I said, yeah. So he said, "You cannot name three rappers that were bigger than Drake at the popularity in terms of uh, in terms of popularity and shit." So I said, "Eminem, Kanye West, Lil Wayne, Fifty Cent, Tupac, Biggie—the list can go on and on." Mm-hmm. I really, really hate you, Aubrey Strange. You get so caught up in hype that you decided that you decide to do revised history. Even Obama said that Kendrick was better. Fuck out of here. <laughs>
0: it's not dark.
1: So harsh. It's not harsh. <laughs> it's the truth.
0: Yeah. So I saw that, and then I retweeted. His tweet, and then I followed up and did a comment basically saying, social media era just don't know about the significance of what rappers like Hammer, Pac, M, J, 50, and Wayne were doing before Drake came along. That's why we argue so tough against those who make these claims. Y'all literally are trying to discredit history. Nah. Um, but then something told me just because he was responding to a lot of people. And, of course, everybody's hitting them sideways. You know, you don't know nothing. And I, was, I guess in some ways I felt bad for him and so i reached out and i was like yo you are you cool to have a discussion about this cuz i barely i really want to understand your stance on this mm. and he hit me back and it was shout out to him you know nice cool young cat and he was like sure my stance is this drake has the most simultaneous hits on the billboard 100 which he does yeah he also has the most chart entries ever which he does
1: yeah
0: um he's spent 51 consecutive weeks in the top 10 and only katy perry and the chain smokers have done that can't argue against that he has a broader audience than most, maybe all rappers. Definitely a legitimate conversation for that.
1: Mm-hmm. When he
0: drops anything, the world will stop what they're doing to check. Factual. like that, we can't, I can't debate that. Yeah, His marketing skills are genius, giving him more popularity. He appeals to the masses, hence the reason why he does stuff like host the ESPYs. He has longevity because he's been at the very top for 10 years. No one's done that. So now I understood where he was coming from. Yeah. And as a result of knowing where he's coming from, I could tell what age group he was in. Because now it's now it's different from talking to a fanboy who's our age and should know fucking better. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, if I knew, if he was our age, I'd be like, oh man, you, you out your damn mind. You don't know what I'm saying? I go into that. With the younger generation, I feel like it's our responsibility to help educate them the way the OGs help educate us. Because they get so caught
1: up in social media hype and they get well, not so not caught not up like, in the academics wor- and the academics. Is sometimes moral, that, but I think shit.
0: it's more so, it's just you're not looking for guidance. You're, not only that. It's not that you're not looking for guidance, it's that when stuff like this happens more times than other, you're not checking history to see if it holds up.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like you said,
0: you, so you're right, you get caught up in the hype and you just go off of that. Yeah. So once he said that, I was like, okay, cool. So now I know which it's basis. It's not that you're coming against saying because it's also a different uh stance to take versus coming out and saying, well such and such didn't do this, such and such didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Cuz now we have a different now we have a different discussion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So my counter to him was that you also have to factor in that hip hop in 2018 is a completely different climate than where hip hop was in the 90s. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we're it's it's a completely different climate. Um, and I told him those are some great accolades that you defend dra- defended Drake with. Like that the you can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I wanted to hit him up and like, pun intended, um, and just try to broaden his horizons. So then I brought a pot. Mm-hmm. And instead of going in first, I asked him, okay, why would you put Drake ahead of Pac? And so his stance was, his audience wasn't as broad.
1: What? Mm-hmm.
0: Of course mm-hmm. he was more, oh,
1: you gotta understand. He, I know, that's why I stopped myself.
0: Okay. Of course he was more influential, but Pac seemed to appeal to mainly blacks. Of course he had white fans, but the vast majority seemed to be black. Drake appeals to every race, ethnicity, and background imaginable. Put Drake on any feature, it'll blow, like the Look live song. He appeals to everyone, and when people see Drake on a song, it's going to appeal or relate to somebody.
1: So you, you were the perfect person to talk to him, because I had no yeah. I had no patience for that. Um,
0: you couldn't really say the same for Pac, hence the reason his music didn't reach everyone. It only mainly us And Black. how
1: old was he? He's 21? 21. He's 21. 29? And he's... Why was... Okay, okay. All right, all right, I'll stop. Just but, you, but, you, but
0: see, the thing is, you got to understand, too. Um, with him being 21, he's a couple years younger than Sheree. And really, the only reason why Sheree understands all this stuff is because she's got myself. She's got Dom, older cousins, all our friends. She did the research. Well, she had no choice. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a difference. Yeah, I know. I get so you. It, it's it's not just the fact that he's saying all this. I don't know if he's had anybody that's put him up on game. Um, But nonetheless, he, I respected his stance in terms of because he didn't know. So then that's what I hit him with. I was like, okay, so before I counter, let's just get into some things real quick. Number one, Pac's name alone had similar power in terms of features. You can go back and look at his track record and see a heavy spike in numbers when he was featured on primarily lower tier artists. Mm-hmm. Examples of that, Mac Mall. If you remember, he directed Mac Mall's video and that shit shot up all the way on MTV for a little while. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm. Anytime he was jumped,
0: not to discredit Uncle Forty or anything like that, but you notice there was a little bit of spike when people saw Pac on featured on his track list during mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. And a, a couple other artists as well. Um, number two. Anytime a rapper in the '90s and early 2000s, and we'll give it the cutoff to about 2001, 2002, anytime they broke a million <laughs> in sales, they were now leaving the black audience. Yeah, it's just just a fact because
1: you turned mainstream. Exactly.
0: So he may his target audience and what he was speaking of may have been to the black and brown uh, youth, young adults, in that generation in the inner cities. But his message was being received universally. Um. So then, once I broke that down, then I was like, okay, now let's talk about his accolades. So his first two records was, of course, *Apocalypse Now* and *Strictly Supreme for My Niggas*. You
1: gave him the whole rundown of everything.
0: Right. Gave him the whole rundown. Two point five mil for those two records, but then you factor in what he did film wise. So you and broke then,
1: all that down. Well,
0: course. I want to. I want to get in. I, I don't want to get too much in depth, but I want to get into it a little bit. I, I get you. Yeah. So when it comes with the films, now you also have soundtracks,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: back then the soundtrack game was a hell of a lot more important. And was pretty much strategical marketing for then than it is now. So that played. That was pretty much a, a counter to the social media age for today. Mm. Then you get to the last three albums of his lifetime in a span of twenty to twenty one months. Eighteen million copies or three albums worth. So what did he say when you said all this? So then his counter to that was, um, I Cause it kind of got you know how it kind of gets mixed around. He was kinda of, his whole thing was okay, well, that's some of the stuff I didn't know about Pac. Um, my whole thing was basically with the music. And then he brought up how you know Drake has his the counterparts in the competition. Which I said, you know, that's that's cool. But you gotta remember that Kanye, Jay, Wayne, those aren't really his competition. Mm-mm. Those were guys that were
1: They've been had, around they were here yet.
0: long before him. Yeah. I was like, when you're speaking about Pac, you're speaking about Snoop, Wu-Tang, um, Dre as a solo artist, Cube as a solo artist. Like, those were his competition. Um, and then I also brought up his impact in, in regards to just the culture in general. I mean, let's just talk about the fact with the tattoos. Nobody was out here walking around tatted up like that before Pop. Nobody was out here using the kind of slang and, and walking around with so the... So you pretty
1: much gave him a breakdown of how Pop is just that nigga pretty but, yeah. much in so, a, and in a then, nutshell.
0: Right, and so once he got it, it was like, okay, cool. Now I, now I understand how he could be put in. So then when I asked him about M... I was actually pleasantly surprised to read his response, which was, "Emma's a rapper. I'll put over Drake. His album record sales are out of this world. See, he went diamond twice in an era that so didn't we had involve streaming. So we had that's what brain. I'm saying. But see, you you talking down? And I'm like, he, he don't. We don't know what his knowledge is. So you can't talk down on somebody who makes these statements unless you know where they're coming from.
1: Uh, I get you on that one. Um, tell you it was just a sickness because that's when I right. Get, and, I have zero patience for stupidity. And so
0: and. And so once he said that, there was nothing to argue with because it was like my main argument was that number one album, number one single, number one film, number one soundtrack in the same year. Like, like nobody's gonna touch that. Um, you had to give him that whole history lesson. on Yeah, rock. and but then I, I threw him, I threw him one more, which was uh, a wild card, which was Hammer. Oh
1: yeah, and you had to give him the education on Hammer, you right? Can't, and can't so people the education on Hammer, right? Don't know no fucking better. And so
0: that's when he came out and he said, he goes, honestly, he goes, I'm only 21, so I don't remember anything about Hammer. I know he was an entrepreneur and pioneer. I don't remember anything globally about him. Why would you put him over Drake?
1: Oh, shit. And so Man. then that's, that's
0: why I came in. And I said, okay, so from 1988 to 94, Hammer was 14 times platinum. Um, please, Hammer, don't hurt him, went diamond. One of the few re- hip-hop records to do it. And then he opened up the door for hip-hop being seen as a legitimate entertainment brand taken outside of just the music realm. Because mm-hmm. now we got the cartoons, now we got the, the clothing, now we got the dolls. And then, of course, to piggyback off that, that's when Kid and Play came in, and they took it to Extra when they started doing the
1: films. And gangster, and some rappers did not respect Hammer at that point.
0: Right. And then, of course, Can't Touch This just shattered the charts. Like, can't take it away. So then, after I went through that, his response was, thanks for informing me about all this, because I'm going to look more into all these guys' impact, because I really didn't nor or even think about their ventures. Um, and that really seems like somebody that I really should be informed on. And then... Um, after that, we had a cordial going out. I followed him. He followed me. And I was basically saying, you know, you thank go. you.
1: There you go. Thank See, you for you having a cordial educated, conversation. You educated him because you were going to go through Pac. I mean, dude, we have a whole episode dedicated to Pac. Well, I
0: wasn't going to go through Pac. I was, you, you cut me off. I I had my notes. Like, mm. I wasn't going to go through every single thing. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. reading everything. Yeah. Um. But, you know, it, and then, I mean, to you could say anything about Jay. I mean, the fact that Jay went through, what, eight consecutive years. hmm And just... Record after record after record, because say the same thing about Kanye. Mm-hmm. Kanye pretty much birthed Drake's style with 808s and, and heartbreak. And, heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's probably maybe a hand, maybe a couple more that you could honestly consider into that realm. Um, but I thought it was a good conversation to have. I mean, like I said, a lot of the younger generation you get caught up in the hype, and I did the same thing. Like I said, I did the same thing when I was 2021. 20, you just get caught up in the hype because you don't know in terms of. You don't have anybody to inform you about all this stuff. True. So when you have somebody to inform you, you get a different outlook.
1: Nah, yeah. And I was glad you that had, we had a cordial conversation. The for right. Me. I'm not that type. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that type to inform you. Like I will try to inform you. I'll try to give you the education, try to. And I will have patience, but when I'm sick and I have zero patience and I see some stupidity, I'm just going to call you a fucking idiot and keep it moving.
0: I want to challenge you on that. Mm. For the remainder of the year. I want you to try to have at least one conversation at least every other month with somebody. Don't just jump on them. Cause I feel like you do yourself a dis a disservice as well. You could probably end up having a conversation with somebody that could be so impactful to your life later down the road, versus just calling them a fucking idiot and then going about it. Because now you've put now you put yourself in a box where you're quote unquote holier than thou and you're untouchable because you know more than they do. You know what I'm saying? i get you on that one. So I w- I'll challenge you to have, you know, kind of take one day where you just not make time, but when you just have spare time. Just be like, hmm, I wonder what they're talking about. Before I jump on them, let me see if they're responsive to having a, just a quick discussion or conversation.
1: Yo, 6 9 is fucking awesome. <laughs> Why is 6 9 dope? Because he's fucking dope, man. Well, then go in shot. on him. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's but true. if they, but if they come to you with their stance and it's nothing stupid or see you know, when it comes to stuff that? like that,
1: because I've had conversations like that before, when I've had when I to explain stuff like that before. I've had conversations like that on Twitter, like probably like like not quite a few times, but like a few times I've done that before when I've like educated people and shit like that when it comes to certain stuff. See, but when I'm telling you, when I am sick, <laughs> when I am sick, and I have no patience, I will call you a fucking idiot, like the whole ass nigga in office. Yeah, speaking of him, yeah, the walls are closing in.
0: Yeah, and it ain't that wall to go up against Mexico?
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, pretty much uh, Mueller, Mueller. I can't even pronounce it, pronounce the name, but um, yeah, he um, he sent the boys to his um, to his lawyer's office and raided everything. So, they got everything. They got tax returns. They got recordings. They got emails. They got everything. So, it's just like a tick tock, tick tock until when he fucking, until when the walls are closing down. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I feel like we've been saying that shit for the past fucking, excuse me, several months and that's been happening. Yeah, well, it looks like the ball might be rolling now, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, I'll, I'll take that challenge. I'm not promising anything. I don't expect you to, but I mean, you know. Never know. That's all I'm saying. You just never know. Mm. Fucking idiot. So. <laughs> Atlanta. Oh, man. Donald Glover is just. That nigga's out there.
0: He's always been out there. If you read that GQ interview, he was kind of out there. Oh, when he's basically saying he was in the Matrix,
1: but he was in the Matrix within the Matrix. Yeah, he's smoking that. Ooh, wee. Well, I, don't, I don't know. See, when I read that interview now, and then after watching this current episode, I'm starting to believe this might this might be the last season. If it ain't, season three is likely gonna be the last one. Because yeah, because he already he jumped the shark. <laughs> so you you man, I don't know how to explain this fucking episode. Teddy Perkins,
0: That's season two, episode six of Robin season. Teddy Perkins. Um, yeah, I had to, I this was one of the episodes I had to watch past three times.
1: Just I, I was just figure I figure it
0: out because at the first. The when it ended the first time I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" (laughs) The whole time watching, I was like, "Was this fucking Get Out Part Two? Like, was it out 1.5? What the hell was? What the hell just took place?" Obviously, with uh, Teddy Perkins coming out, we knew the correlation with Michael Jackson. Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, it was Michael, and it was like a mix of other stuff that's inspired by Michael. But it wasn't Michael because if it was Michael, he his voice would have been a little bit higher. But they did have that picture that he showed of Benny. Yeah, and then he saw Joe Jackson. He, no, and he makes Joe Jackson too. Uh, right, but
0: no, it was if it was dope that somebody did this. Was the picture that he Darius the show was showing Darius off the piano. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be Benny and his producer, and when you actually compare it to the picture of Michael and Quincy, it's spot on. See, spot on Donald comparison.
1: Anyways, this is I don't know how to explain this episode. But Darius decides to... He was delivering some shit. No,
0: he was going to pick up this uh, piano. Okay. Yeah. And he liked the piano because it had colored keys. Mm-hmm. And...
1: It was commercial-free, too. Yeah, so this is
0: the first episode out of the series that was commercial-free. From what... I think he found it on a damn Reddit site. Probably Craigslist with some shit. Yeah, because Teddy was like, well, how'd you find out about the piano? He goes, oh, or... Somebody just posted up that it was available. Come get it. You know, I, I just have a fascination with it. First thing that came to mind after that was him cracking the damn ostrich egg. And he called it the owl's casket. Mm-hmm. So I did some research on this. Um, in one of the articles, they broke down how ostriches are native to Africa. And the owl is a symbol of prophecy, learning, and higher wisdom in many cultures. And the pairing of that bird with the word casket implies the death of those values. So already off the back, you're like, "Shit, <laughs> this is gonna be one of them heavy ass." You're gonna have to just find a whole bunch of
1: yeah layers. It was, layers like, it to was this. like layers upon layers. You had to watch multiple viewings of it to actually get the grasp of it. I was just looking at it for what it was, and it was like, "Donald, Donald, what are you doing?"
0: <laughs> right. Well, see, the funny thing is, is I in doing the research, one of the actor that played Benny had said that. Donald Glover was not on set. He was fully enwrapped in Teddy Perkins. Hmm. He stayed in uh, in costume the entire time. When people were walking up to him,
1: mm-hmm. he
0: was talking the same exact way he was talking on set. The dude that played Benny didn't even know it was Donald Glover also, until pulled, the next
1: day. Also, he pulled a Jim Carrey. Yeah.
0: He didn't know it was him until the next day when they sent him the night before to go ask him about his character. And Donald was talking to him like he was Teddy. Oh, you want to do this?
1: Yeah, he to, and he's like doing all the hand motions and shit throughout the whole episode. It was like this creepy, just tone throughout the whole shit. And it's right. like it was Atlanta, but it wasn't Atlanta because you heard, you know, he talked to Paperboy and Earn and shit like that. Like he'd be texting him, calling him, and shit like that. And he'd be texting him, "You dead yet?" That shit <laughs> sure was funny because he was telling him it was some weird shit going on, and it was just I don't
0: know. That, that, that shit was funny. And so then of course it ends off with, actually before it even ends off, he'd see, um, he, remember he takes him into the room and shows him the suit of his dad. Yeah. That was weird. So now the next one, the next layer comes into play, which is pain is necessary. Pain is love. Yeah. And of course they show this and use the vehicle of the black father. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was in itself interesting after doing the research. Basically, one thing that Teddy said was great things come from great pain. So then he goes into detail saying that when he and Benny were younger, they were forced to do, I think, two hours, three hours worth of piano for two days a week. And at the end of each week on a Sunday, they'd have an exam about it. And if they screwed up and they got their asses whooped, mm. that's pretty much what it was. So there's another correlation to the Jacksons In other situations, probably Marvin Gaye Sr., as he pointed out. Um, the fact that Stevie was blind, yeah. he also pointed out that Stevie's blindness was his sacrifice to be great. You know what I'm saying? So it's, just, it's like this whole, he only worked in binary, which was, it was either the common good or it wasn't. Yeah, like There was no in between. And so then when Darius, you know, kind of relays like, it's kind of a fucked up ideology when you think about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, it, he you didn't deserve this. Um and then when he tries to tell him he relates, that's when he like just snaps at him.
1: You can never relate. Yeah. you don't understand. No, his voice got all high. As yeah, shit. and I was like, oh
0: shit! All right,
1: well,
0: uh, all right. Okay. So then he takes the piano, goes down to the basement, and that's where he finds Benny with the mask on, sitting in the wheelchair. And then he just sits and he goes. W-? And then the funny thing about it is like, he's so calm and he even acknowledges. He's like, I should get out of here before I get killed. But he stays. He goes. It's just so it's, so. it's such a dope piano. Yeah. And then Benny writes down, he's going to kill us. I have a shotgun in the attic. And yeah. he's just like...
1: Yeah, because he had a mask on and yeah. shit like that. Was like, he's,
0: uh, just like, he's so fed up, he's like, fine. I'm going to put the piano in, then I'm going to come back. Of course, knowing that he ain't going to come back, he's trying to get the hell out of there. Then we see the car parked in the back, mm-hmm. goes up, and then it reveals that Teddy found the shotgun. So he points it at him, says that Darius is going to be his sacrifice. Yeah. Because they're going to turn the mansion into a museum. Like it was just it was like I'm sure there's still so much more to try to unlayer. But honestly, it's the best episode of the series series to date. Uh, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Oh fuck, I just I went mean, after I was done watching it, I was like, what the fuck? Like I think Donald Glover's in a whole other universe. It's just like this is just the second season. That's the thing. This is just the second season and I just don't know. I just like the ending when he played that Stevie Wonder song "Evil."
0: Yeah, so it, it ends with the Stevie Wonder song "Evil," but then it also starts off with Stevie's sweet little girl.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So again, the the idea that they chose Stevie to kind of be a vehicle on his self, yeah, kind of narrate this through. Because even between like the, he kept bringing up Stevie as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's why I thought was very interesting. I'm sure there's something else to go in and try to tie in.
1: The only person that only person who just makes sense to was donald glover he wrote the shit and just i i don't know but <laughs> i mean it follows with the whole theme of robin season if you think about it, it well, there's been a
0: robbery in every fucking episode when you think about this
1: but they, he didn't rob him in this one
0: he was robbed of his childhood by his father oh. it's more metaphorical it's so joe jackson and, and if you think about it
1: joe jackson no, no no
0: if you think about it darius kind of got robbed himself oh. he ended up wasting his damn money on the truck didn't get to take the piano
1: you did not take the piano. No, they head.
0: took it as evidence. Oh, that's remember what
1: they did? Yeah.
0: So it's like this whole thing, like it, it all ties into Robin season. So I feel like there's gonna be a climactic ass something going. Season this is ender.
1: leading up to something, right? That's how I'm feeling. Something's leading up to something. I remember seeing this one complex video. I didn't see the video, but somebody like the one dude had a theory that's saying that Paperboy is gonna die in the end. I saw that too. It's like Paperboy's gonna die. Something's gonna happen. I just feel like I've been saying I don't feel this show is gonna last much longer. Maybe. Another season, ish.
0: I'm good with that, though.
1: Yeah, I'm like, hey, man, shows like this don't last too too long. I, I remember when we were predicting. I remember when the first. when remember when the show first. Yeah, started, I remember when I we were
0: predicting, it. and you were saying three. I said if it goes to five, it's cool. But as the as the series has progressed, I'm like, honestly, if it goes to three, I'm content. Like they they've done enough I told to where you. this is a it's gonna be a, a cult favorite to the end of time. Oh,
1: I told you from jump, it was like I don't feel this show's gonna last. Like it's just, just like Chappelle's show, I knew that wasn't gonna last. Boondocks, I can tell it wasn't gonna last. See, those type of people like Chappelle, Aaron Magruder, and Donald Glover, they think differently than right. other people. So they know what's funny, what's not funny, and they know when something's popping off. So then when, when it starts getting more money and more avenue, that means what's it called? You know, companies and corporations are going to want to come in there and try mm-hmm. to mold it into something that it's not. Right. And that's going to take away the value of everything. That's what Chris Rock learned when mm-hmm. he had the HBL show. That's why he, after he won all those Emmys, he started seeing all his friends left because he just started you know, the Chris Rock the up show. Out of there. He started the Chris Rock show because he just wanted to do shit with his friends. And right. He wanted to see how much he, he can get away with. And then when he won all those Emmys and all his friends went away to do other stuff, and he started seeing more people he didn't know, more corporate people, he was like, "Yeah, this ain't fun no more. I'm gonna end this shit." Man.
0: To me, that's what separates those great series,
1: yeah. because it's
0: always when you hear about the aftermath of it, it's always the comedians or the actors or combination of both. They always get into it. Just it it's just sounded yeah, it. like it just like sounded that like that some dope shit to said. do.
1: Dave Chappelle said in the first season of Chappelle's show he just did it because he just he thought he was gonna get kicked off the air. Right. So. And and
0: that's that's the hilarity of it is guys like that can't be bought. hmm So that's what makes it so that's what makes it so funny because now it's coming from a genuine place. They're not trying to do it to market to anybody. They're just doing it because they just wanna see how far can I get I away knew. with this shit.
1: I knew Dave Chappelle was gonna end after the Rick James sketch. Oh, yeah. I knew it was it, peak. I remember I said this ain't gonna last, and I told everyone this. This is not gonna last, and it was like, "Oh, you're fucking crazy, Busby. You're fucking crazy." And what happened? Chappelle went to fucking Africa, Take me my fucking Cause money. because he could not be bought. Exactly. So, and speaking of down Glover, he's getting pissed off, or I don't know. I don't think he's pissed off. I think he just he just showed how petty he can be when he's productive with his time. Because they, because FX, I guess, canceled his Deadpool series.
0: Yeah, and so one of the things that he did because he knew what they were going to do was he put out a faux script the fin- of the, of the series finale of the series, yeah, the finale. finale. Um And he's basically fucking with him <laughs> for lack of better word. He basically said, "Fuck you!" I mean, this is what happened. So then he had uh, he had Deadpool breaking the fourth wall, shit like, "Oh, you know, yeah, this kind of sucks because we really kind of thought this was gonna work, but." You know, now that's why you guys are watching this. Oops, I'm sorry. You guys are reading this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And the, and the fact that it was like 10 pages. It was like, he actually had, took the time to actually write all that shit. Right. Like, he was petty as fuck. <laughs> and put it on his damn Twitter and then deleted it, of course. Right. And then and then I remember, like, um, what else came out? A fucking animation, uh, t- animation test of mm-hmm. the Deadpool shit came out. And I'm like, damn, man. I guess. And yeah, I think Ryan Reynolds was voicing it, too. So... yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking. And he said it wasn't a black thing. It was going to be like boondocks or nothing. It was actually, it was going to be like our own shit. This shit could have worked. Right. But, yeah, all right, whatever. I mean, he could always take it to fucking Netflix. Dang, it's possible, man. Or maybe. I think this is probably the reason why I feel the show ain't going to last. I think he, he feels the type of way that they canceled that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah. pro- that's probably why he feels the type of way. So he's just like, okay, see, if FX was smart, they'll probably let him get that shit back. But. Right. I don't. Again, whenever y'all get a chance, read that GQ interview with Donald Glover because he's in a whole different universe. And I really just feel that he's gonna cancel. He's the season. Like Atlanta's gonna end soon. I, yeah, he's. I
0: my take from that. My final take on this is that he's definitely one of those people that strikes me as when he feels like he's losing his creative control and it's getting bigger than he anticipated or wanted. He's like, "Fuck it, I don't want to do it anymore." Mm-hmm. Like, he definitely strikes me as one of those people.
1: Yep. So, oh, yeah, they sh- late last night they released, the, I guess, the new trailer for the um, Han Solo movie. I saw it. Yeah. And, you know, Donald Love is still getting that bag, yep. so. I'm about to get another one with that Lion King when it drops. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Does that come out next year or some shit?
0: Possibly. Is it the end of this year or, nah, the no, or next summer year. next year? Next year, yeah.
1: So, yeah, Netflix, David Letterman finally released this Jay-Z episode of yes. uh, uh, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. Good interview. It was a typical Hove interview. I mean, Letterman was talking, saying stuff that, you know, asking Jay-Z questions that we already know. Jay-Z already gets how it is. And...
0: Yeah, they brought, of course, Marcy, just what it was like growing up. Yeah. One thing that caught me while was funny as hell was that uh, David Letterman says, you know, I'm trying to find ways to relate to you, you know, so I'm just talking about my youth and I had a paper route. So then Jay goes, oh, it's funny. I had a paper route, too. And so then he goes, oh yeah, so you know, so this whole drug thing. He goes, yeah, that was my paper route. <laughs> so they kind of they just laughed at it. And then he broke down. And he goes, yo, I mean, I was 16 years old making two thousand dollars a day, like tax free. You, you're not you're really gonna tell me much about anything after that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I didn't know that his sixth grade teacher, Miss Loudon, had actually inspired him to rap. So that was actually cool to hear. Yeah. Um, when it came up to Kanye, of course Lemon was like, "You know, what's the whole situation
1: with that?" Uh, again, Hove gave the political correct answer.
0: Yeah, but also you could tell it was also heartfelt too. Ooh. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, it was a political correct, but it wasn't at the I same mean, time.
1: It was politically correct for Hove, right? The stuff that Hove usually says, right? And it was
0: basically that's my little brother. You know, you go through some shit, but at the end of the day, you family. And then what he said was the thing I respect about Kanye is that he's the same person no matter where he is. He goes even before he even released an album, he was in. We're, we're in recording sessions, and he was standing on a fucking table talking about, I'm the savior of Chicago. And it's like, motherfucker, get off the fucking table. We're trying to record. Yeah, that's Kanye.
1: Yeah. Kanye was always Kanye at the end of the day.
0: Um, also, what I liked about it was that Letterman went to... Uh, Rick Rubin's house. Yeah, in Malibu. And mm-hmm. Rick Rubin had said, you know, Jay's just full of wisdom. I really don't know how he knows all that he knows. Um testament because of course everybody says that Rick Rubin's an almighty wisdom having motherfucker. Yeah, he's
1: he's a hippie. Yeah, and a wrestling fan.
0: Yeah, um, and then it introduced me to a singer songwriter, which was Madison Ryan Ward, because mm-hmm. Letterman happened to be walking in on a recording session, um, and then he asked her, "What's your objective when it comes to just recording?" And hers was, "My objective is to just be as honest as I can be." Yep. Um, and then it showed her recording her single "Mirror," which I got. In, Actually, pretty damn good single. Yeah, it was a pretty good song. Liked it. And then they dove into hip-hop. Jay talked about songwriting. Um, And Letterman said he was in the car, and he was with his son, and his son was kind of doing, like, this beatbox thing. So then Letterman's like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, Dad, you messed up my flow. He goes, I I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. And though Jay was like, you know, it's kind of like your flow. You know, as a comedian, you just sit in a groove and a rhythm. You just Mm. go about your whole thing. And then I liked how he cited Snoop and M for references about flow, where he was breaking down just they have this rhythm and their own cadence where it's kind of like they're their own percussion mm-hmm. um which is a dope ass breakdown if you ask me
1: it's pretty much what it is right rap, so
0: and then of course he talked about some other stuff um of course the meek mill and Khalif Browder uh situations um something i wasn't expecting was uh them bringing up uh, who you like to
1: refer as whole ass nigga in office well, of course they were going to talk about it. Little Ben always brings it up in all the interviews I've watched of the whole of his Netflix. See, he brings up 45 in some way shape or form. Um
0: oh, and well, I you're right. I should I should say I wasn't expecting Jay's response, which was I honestly think it's a good thing in this way. He's now forcing people to have the tough conversations. See,
1: yeah, I mean, in a way this is what Kanye pretty much said at in the San Jose show after the election, but he said it at the wrong time.
0: And didn't use the best words. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's pretty much what I get like now now it's like what's going on right now, I can completely understand what Kanye meant to say, but right. why he wanted to vote for him. Right. So yeah, it's for like like what Hope said was perfect. It's forcing us to have these conversations now. We're not force us to have the conversation. It's not about politics no more. Right. It's about what's right. And what's wrong. For sure. So it's not about Democrats, it's not about Republicans. It's what is right and what is wrong. Mm-hmm. And that whole ass nigga is wrong. So when Eminem said he when he drew that line in the sand, whose side are you on? Are you on what's right or what's what's wrong? Whole ass. Basically. And, then and then they, they and they they talked about infidelity, but they did it yeah. in the most like subliminal. Like it got to that point when Letterman was talking about it, he kind of just kind of was looking at Hove and Hove looked at him back, like, What the fuck, you want me to say? (laughs) Like, I ain't gonna talk about this shit, but but
0: I think it was, I think how they did it was because they didn't go into detail, it was a a proper way to do it because Letterman could relate because he was in his shoes at one point,
1: yeah, he had like a mistress and shit, right? Yeah,
0: and Mm -hmm. so it was a way that they not only could they relate, but they could just kind of say it, you know, man to man, like. We lucked fucked out. Up. We fucked up, but we were lucky. You know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't the fact of what they did. It was what Letterman, how, it was how he described it, which was, you know, I I had to walk away looking at it like not only did I let, I hurt people, and I let them down, you know, now I have to think about am I going to see my kids? You know, I got to think about if my wife is going to be dating, oh, I forgot if it was like Stevie or someone. And then Jay was kind of like looking at him, like kind of like nah. and he goes, oh, so do you know somebody named Stevie or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I thought it was just a nice interaction over it's something that Netflix. was, yeah. So,
1: but yeah, I mean, y'all should just watch that interview.
0: And then one thing I loved how it ended was he asked him if he was going to go out like Frank Sinatra in terms of just recording for forever. And mm-hmm. Jay's response was, as long as I have truth to share, I'm going to keep making music.
1: Pretty much. As long as he keeps having his truth, that's all it needs. For sure. So, Ho! Oh. Yes, sir. Um, on a more serious
0: note, uh, kind of got two different things to touch on real quick. Uh, over the week in our backyard, uh, of course, we had that shooting over at the YouTube headquarters in San yeah. Bruno. Um, so, Nazim Agdam, um,
1: her YouTube page, it got demonetized, right? Yeah, pretty much. She had uh, some type of YouTube page where she was saying some crazy shit, and I guess it got flagged a bit too many times, so YouTube... When it gets that many flags, they had to demonetize this. When it gets demonetized, that means she can't make money off the shit no more. Right. So that pissed her off, and she kept hitting up YouTube. Apparently, she kept trying to hit up YouTube about why this was fucked up and all this other stuff. So she got pissed off, and she drove her ass over to the headquarters, got herself a handgun, walked up in there, and just shot up three people. Shot up the headquarters. People ran. hurt. Like, it shot three people. People were in critical condition. And com- condition. But then when the cops finally showed up, she shot herself.
0: Yeah of course, everybody's thinking when you first read the reports and hear about the situation, you're thinking, okay, scoring lover, um, probably love triangle type deal. But then when the reports came out said that, yeah, she ain't got nothing to do personally with the headquarters or anybody involved with the headquarters. And then it's like, okay, what the fuck's going on? So then the reports come out about her page. And then Kron reported that her dad had actually called the police the night before mm. and was saying, hey, my daughter's missing. You might want to be on the lookout for her because she's been... No up in arms about the, her youtube page and she's been pretty violent in her responses to it and they actually found her ass at like two in the morning tuesday morning the day of um she was sleeping in her car on the road but because she wasn't a threat she had no gun on her and no gun on her they had to let her go and to me that's what that's one of the things that's fucked up about our system where it's like if her father called y'all asses and said you might want to check on her and make sure everything's you know kind of cracking probably could have avoided this whole situation instead of saying well sir because she hasn't been missing for 48 hours and because she hasn't posed a physical threat to anybody we kind of have to wait until some shit goes down pretty much like that's that's one thing i don't understand about our system but you know
1: it is is.
0: yeah so prayers up to to those who are recovering um especially everybody around
1: the the bay in general speaking of fucking gun laws killer mike put his foot in his mouth again yeah stupid motherfucker yeah he did uh what was it the h&m yeah the h&m <laughs> shit yeah so i forgot the girls name, but she posted a she posted a picture of her and her um homegirls and she's like yeah shout out to my girls for the h&m and the stylist, the blah 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 and then killer Mike and in was like oh so you're gonna ridicule me for talking to the nra and, da, 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 and all this other stuff like he was trying to be uh fucking typical smart ass dumb nigga yet again and because he was going like, oh, so now you're gonna shout out H and M, the same company that fucking um, that made a that made a black person be a monkey and shit like that, huh? Yeah, okay, you go do that, niggas. And then she responds back, well, you know, H and M means hair and makeup, right? <laughs> and pretty much that's what she said. <laughs> Stupid nigga yeah and just, the crazy thing is the comment's still up there like he didn't delete it so he knew he was wrong he just laughs about it he got donkey of the other day and he tried to call in and talk yeah. about it and shit and he was trying to play it off He was like, just not having a good last few he weeks he should have just kept his fucking mouth shut he wanted to be loud and wrong yet again right S- stick to rapping homie
0: yeah and then to close out the with the serious talk of course last week uh, which was April 4th was actually the 50th anniversary of Martin Luther King's assassination um, and, of course, everybody was writing think pieces, but I found one from uh, this gentleman, Karan J. Phillips, and he wrote for the Daily News. Great article. Like if, for those who have read it, you can attest to it. For those who haven't, who might be interested, highly recommend going to look for this article. It's a great read. Basically, what it was was saying was, on this day 50 years ago, an unarmed black man was shot to death by a white man. Now, if it happened today, you would probably scroll past his name on one of your social media platforms, and it would look just like this. Hashtag Martin Luther King Jr. Pretty much. And it just, from that instance, it just opens up a whole ass different perspective. And as it opens a different perspective, it highlights what we've been saying this whole time. From MLK to the slain victims, you know, of today, what the fuck's
1: changed? Not a damn thing.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, not... We're just asking for the basics. And one thing that he highlighted in there was not the I have a dream speech, but it was, a, I think, either a speech or an interview a few weeks before or a couple of months, actually, before that, where when he's when Dr. King cites that I now know who our real enemy is and it's the white man who chooses to not get involved. And by not getting involved, he doesn't even, he or she doesn't have to be the type of person where it's like, I don't agree with what you're doing, you're, you're slime this and that. It could be the type of person where it's, I agree that you deserve your liberties, but I just don't think you're doing it in the right way. Pretty much. What because does. now what you've done is, you've now taken somebody else's freedom and you've made it, you've made it in a sense where their freedom is now pretty much should be only given on your time.
1: Pretty much what those what those people be doing when um Kaepernick was taking a knee, like, oh, you're doing a good thing, but you exactly. know, I don't take a knee. For, I'm not gonna take a knee with you. I'm gonna fuck up my money. Right. Pretty much like everyone in the fucking NFL. So
0: yeah. So that that's again that that was a uh, an article by Karan J. Phillips. Highly recommend everybody going to read that. Um Once again, rest in peace to Martin Luther King Jr.
1: But you know what you need to do. What's that? To call Tyron. Yeah, Tyrone back in the news. Yeah, he about to sue fucking Howard for $10 million. <laughs> That's a fucking finesse. <laughs> he's trying to finesse this shit. He's trying to finesse to get some of that money. I mean, I guess. he, said he ident- They said they complained that they identified the whistleblower in Howard University. But, well, I mean, he said he's he's suing for a breach of duty or <laughs> negligence and intentional infliction of emotional. And what's crazy is I mean, he's likely going to win some money. <laughs> That's the crazy thing about it. Well, I guess, nigga. <laughs> Only in America. (laughs) Only in America.
0: We're we're, we're the Don King. Um, Your favorite, my favorite, everybody's favorite. Not my favorite. Well, one of our favorite hookmans. One of our favorite hookmans, Mr. Teddy Pendergrass himself, T-Pain. He has started his own university. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Wisconsin Wisconsin. University with the tagline, we can't believe this shit either. And I went and looked at it. I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? And it's uh, what he's done is he started his own clothing line, but he's done it in the form of a funny-ass fake college website. Mm. Um, So, of course, like I said, Wisconsin University is the name of the clothing line. But on the site, they got tabs just like it's a real legit college, faculty, campus life. Um, You can find some of your academic courses, which include History of (laughs) Auto-Tune, Accounting for Strippers, and History of GIFs at 3 a.m., which will, how the description puts it is, We've all been in the situation. You up late, scrolling through that Snapchat. You see that one girl in your class talking about, is anybody up? You don't want to seem too desperate, but you want to hit her with just the right gif. Well, this is the class for you to get your Mac on. <laughs> and I was like, sign me up right now. I want that shit. <laughs> um, so, shouts out to T-Pain on that. And then shout out to Mies. Um, They put out another playlist, which follows Males. up, which is uh, T-Pain is not washed. The it's playlist. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um... And, uh, you just forget how some of these artists just, man, when they was on, when they was popping, nigga, they was popping. Mm-hmm. Like, just popping.
1: Yeah, I know. They were all over the fucking place. Yeah. Literally all over the place. Now we'd be lucky if we ever get those type of fucking runs on you. Right.
0: Um, uh, so shout out to t Pain, shout out to Mel's, Uh, Lord in her IG caption.
1: Ooh. See, I knew what she meant. Same here. But she, damn. So pretty much, if y'all didn't see what happened... Oh, this past weekend, she posted an Instagram vid- a Instagram post of her bathtub. And the caption said, and I will always love you. Yeah. Now, if y'all don't know, Whitney Houston died in a bathtub, so people think she was disrespectful. Uh, I knew what she was trying to get. Of course, I, I yeah. I knew what she was trying to say. She and, loved taking a bath. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, she didn't really put the, you know. Two and two together, right? So I don't know if she apologized. Yeah, she probably at this point. She probably apologized at this point. But yeah, that was a, that was bad timing. I forgot who it was. Uh,
0: I actually think it was Mills. Uh He tweeted out Brandy about to run up on her like, and then it was the fucking Jiff of- Austin
1: getting ran over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fucked up. They <laughs> never gonna let Brandy get over that shit. No, not yeah. at all. She did kill somebody, right? Yeah. Oh mm, shit. Mm. Yeah, that's like, um, of life, motherfucking, um. Joel Santana is out of jail on fucking house arrest. Yeah, five hundred thousand dollar bond.
0: He's been released to the custody of his mom's. <laughs> um, shit, I released me to the custody of my mom's all day. I'd rather do that than spend it in jail. So mm-hmm. I, I ain't even mad at that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, now he's got a. They got court hearings coming up pretty soon. But it, I think everybody just found the news out because Jim Jones put up a screenshot of him and Cam. And then they, then they then they dropped the record afterwards. They did? Yeah, it was Jim Jones and Joels. So they ended up dropping the record. I ain't here. But <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. And um good for them. And I wanted to shout him out last week, but I just I forgot to put him on the notes. Either he got erased or something happened or whatever. I mean, I just forgot. Uh that Yolen kid from Walmart.
1: Oh yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, that shit was funny.
0: Yeah. Um now they trying to salt his image, man. Cause now they got all these follow-ups and they're just not funny. <laughs> like, they're just like like let 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 the man have his wave,
1: let little boy have his own wave, man. He's bear. gonna wait till the parents come out and see if they're racist or not. Then we'll see if he's really funny. If it's been a
0: it's been them. a week, almost two weeks, and nothing's yeah, come man. up. So you Just know, we'll see. We'll keep see. Waiting
1: it's from Walmart, man. That's a fucking conservative ass fucking store. I, <laughs> I don't shop at Walmart. I don't fuck how cheap that shit is. They treat their people like shit. Yeah. Well. You you
0: choose. People choose to work there as well. I'm not saying it's you defend it, but I'm saying you have a choice on where you work as well. Yeah, I will sh- say that. <laughs> Shit. Some people have no choice. They need money somehow. Yeah. Well, it's always target. Um. Some stuff went down in sports. I don't really care about it mm-hmm. that much. Me but we we'll, we'll run down the list real quick. Uh, Patriots still doing Patriots things. Uh, they Raven- went ahead and traded wide receiver Brandon Cooks and a fourth rounder to the L.A. Rams. Ravenstein, fucking. RG three was just fucking random. It's very random. I was like, oh, well, I guess that. Um, it's not on here, but the Houston Texans owner uh, remember his comments about the the players and the inmates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came out and said he. The only reason why he is apologetic about his comments is the fact that he had to come out and apologize. Yeah, for his I comments. saw that
1: shit. Yeah, so I'm like, I keep keep saying, I keep predicting this shit. A lockout is incoming by twenty, yeah. 20 by. 20-whatever, a lockout is impending. So my nine need to hurry up and get to the fucking Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. Right. Because I don't think there's going to be NFL football in a minute.
0: Um, Titans got some new jerseys. that just kind of look pretty fly. fly give fuck
1: about the Titans.
0: I mean, I do. I like to give some, some shout-outs to Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? I spent some time oh, out yeah, there. Oh, yeah, you lived
1: out there. So. Right.
0: I like to give some shout-outs to them. The uh, Boy Marquette, he wasn't on the free agent market for long. Unfortunately, he ended up going to Denver.
1: Oh, he went to Denver?
0: Yeah. Got himself a nice three-year deal. Then it uh, kind of sparked some...
1: He's the enemy now, huh? In, in
0: some form or fashion, yeah. And then it kind of sparked this... Uh, I don't want to call it a debate, but some shots being thrown from some Raiders, including Bruce Irvin.
1: Bruce, well, how are how how these sending shots Well, because Bruce
0: him? went out, you know, out there and tweeted, and he goes, well, we know that's where you wanted to be at anyways. Because if you go back and remember, after Crabtree got his chain snatched in the Pro Bowl, guess who's taking a picture with a key to leave with the chain as a joke? It was Marquette. Yeah, well, shit. So... Yeah, so we'll see how that plays out. But congrats to my boy Marquette. He's to smoke all the weed in the world up there. <laughs> well, not while he's playing. Please. If, if he's doing it. Um, all he's doing is kicking a goddamn ball. Hey, but he's fly at it. Number, yep. six, number six ranked punter last year in the mm-hmm. whole NFL. Yeah, kicking, smoke, blunt. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in the NFL. That, that I was care it. About. That's basically it. Uh, now comes the NBA. Now
1: how is Scottie Pippen flip flopping, man? He was saying some real <laughs> shit. Do you remember what he was saying
0: in the past, though, like the last I two years? I don't
1: follow basketball like that, man.
0: He was saying that he would take LeBron over Michael Jordan. Yeah. Oh. So now Isaiah Thomas was saying, you know, all around in terms of just...
1: Isaiah Thomas is bitter when it comes to Jordan.
0: I mean, I would be too, though, if you actually think about it. This nigga blackballed him off the fucking Dream Team.
1: Mm-hmm. You want to talk about some whole
0: ass shit? That's some whole ass shit. Yeah,
1: and then keep, again, kept beating him on the court for the finals, too. I'll be happy. No,
0: Isaiah Thomas was doing that to MJ. Oh, yeah,
1: that was true.
0: Yeah. MJ yeah. only beat him one more time. MJ's only time beating them was the last time he had to play them to get through the finals. Oh, yeah. All the other times, Isaiah Thomas's pistons was whooping his ass. That's why they called it the Jordan Rules.
1: Oh yeah. Because they was Jordan. fucking his ass up. Yeah, true.
0: Um But no, just imagine that you just playing, you trying to make sure they beat you or whatever, and then all of a sudden now the dream team comes on, now you get blackballed off the fucking team.
1: Hey, man, Jordan was just fucking feeling the type of way for him beating his ass all the damn time. So
0: you should expect it to then get revamped because it's like, yo, I'm just playing ball. Like, now you want to take this, make this shit personal. All right, bet. Well,
1: he's so he went feels the type of way for right, the last few so
0: years. So he went and said what he had to say. Then Pippin all of a sudden ends up on the jump, and he's like in his feelings. I'm like, nigga, what's wrong with you? Like, you didn't have to go that route or anything like that. Um, Yeah, he kind of caught up. And then to me, I'm just like, the whole thing with Scotty. I don't know if you saw the picture where he was out at that event. Dressed like future?
1: You sent, you sent that to me, and I was just like, whatever. But I was like, I guess. I mean, all these fucking NBA, old-ass NBA niggas always look all washed up when they try to look young.
0: It did not look good at all. And then an old clip came up of uh, Charles Oakley pretty much punking his ass when he was a rookie. Because
1: mm-hmm. you no, know,
0: Oakley was on the Bulls his, his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much just slapping him around the locker room. It was the funniest shit ever. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know about Scotty, man. Scotty, he probably gonna flip flop again when you think about it.
1: Everybody keeps, everyone just keeps ranking LeBron over Jordan or whatever, but right? Like, um, six rings, three wings, whatever. Yeah, but
0: you also got to remember, rings is a team sport. Yeah,
1: I mean, and two of those,
0: team. and two of those rings, he didn't hit the game winner. Those were other players. So if you wanna, if you wanna bring those up, you got to bring that up as well. That's all I'm saying. Does not take away the fact well, MJ got six rings.
1: Well, call me when LeBron gets six championships. Is that your only argument? That's the only argument I need, Sean!
0: I mean, if that's the only argument you need, Bill Russell got 11. Okay. So, probably well, already got seven.
1: Okay, well, I guess they're better than LeBron, too. Well, that's the only argument you need, so, all right. Okay. Um,
0: Speaking of LeBron, uh, LeBron and Nick Saban are beefing.
1: Yeah, over the fucking barbershop shit? Yeah. I guess.
0: And they're not even beefing, like, ha-ha, joking, beefing. Like, they're actually, like, litigation is being involved now.
1: What wow, so enlighten me? So what? what is did Saban do? So you know, the so you know how
0: LeBron has the undisputed, or not the undisputed, but you know his platform where they meet up at the barbershop and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But Nick Saban, they did theirs as well. It's pretty much just like Alabama football barbershop talk or whatever. Yeah. And LeBron was looking at it like, yo, you kind of infringing on what I got going, and I'm like looking and I'm like, LeBron, you know they've had a whole bunch of other shit involved in a barbershop. Like they actually had a few TV series on about this shit. Mm. Um. But he's apparently taking it very very seriously. Um so we actually you want to see how that shit plays out. Um yeah, probably it just settle. it sounded so fucking
1: funny. You just will probably settle out of court or something. Yeah.
0: Um but as far as LeBron's concerned, that's pretty much his main issue at this point cuz we going into the playoffs on Saturday. He ain't got no worries. Uh Kyrie Irving, of course, threatened the Cavs with uh, knee surgery. I guess he should have got that knee surgery then, huh? He threatened them with knee surgery or if he wasn't going to be traded. And then, lo and behold, a week ago, God was like, yo, I got a receipt, dog. Like, you got to gotta get that from you. And he had to have season-ending knee surgery. Yep. So he's not going to be available for the playoffs, which means Boston ain't going to have him or Gordon Hayworth. So they're pretty much a wrap at this point. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, although they're the number one seed and have just under 60 wins, have shown they just turn into fanboys when they play the Cavs. Pretty so much Bacon it's, just, gonna get it it's done.
1: just LeBron in the East again.
0: Now, this is going to be something interesting because while I don't believe the Sixers are going to get the job done this year, mm-hmm. they're actually going to be on display now for the world to see that they're coming.
1: Mm-hmm. I hate to
0: say it because, you know, of course, they ended up drafting ahead of us a couple drafts. So they got some players that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're seeing it come to fruition. But Ben Simmons out here looking like he going to run the NBA for years to come, and Bede will be back from his eye situation. Mm-hmm. So, again, like I said, they're not going to overtake the Cavs, but they're going to put everybody on notice in the playoffs. So that's something you're going to want to pay attention to. Yep. Um, that's about it with that. Yeah, and then you got got uh, Steve Kerr and Kevin Durant. They seem to be, don't be on the same page, but we'll see how that plays out.
1: We'll see. Everyone's just limping to the playoffs at this point. Right.
0: Uh, like I said, Playoffs start on Saturday, which means Lakers only got two more games. Uh, so we're recording on a Monday. Um, tomorrow, which is Tuesday, and then Wednesday is the season finale for everybody. Now that they're done, got a few days off, and then we jump into it. And all I can say at this point is I know for sure the Cavs are as close to for sure, barring injury. Cavs are going to be back. And now it's just a matter between the Warriors and, and the Rockets. Maybe the Blazers will make something
1: happen, but I don't see it. So we'll see. Personally, I don't want another fucking Warriors and Cavs. Nobody does, but you know how that goes. I mean, only nobody does, but when the Warriors are just that damn good and the Cavs are just LeBron and them. We'll see. Yeah. Some new music came out and I was sick. Only albums I really listened to was Cardi and my boy Anonymous, that dude. I mean he gave me he sent me the album like
0: Shout out to Anonymous a
1: week before. Trap and Field too, just follow up to Trap and Field that came out last year. And um really good album right there. It's that same It's really dark and hood. (laughs) Dark and hood. (laughs) Pretty good album, man. If you want to listen to that good music, listen to Quiet and The Feeling and I Hustle. I Hustle is one of them records that you really need to be listening to. Okay. You know, and then there's Domino. Like, beat-wise, he still does his shit. It's 22 songs, and I know how you... I've told him time and time again, you should don't do nothing over 18 songs, but, you know, 22 songs, and the songs are like two minutes... Unless, like how it always used to be, so you just fly through it like nothing. Right, the beats are knocking, and anonymous is just doing anonymous stuff. So there check them out, yo!
0: Yeah. Shouts out to him. I'm just trying to get rich. Yeah, just trying to get rich.
1: And then you know, other than Cardi that we did earlier, I was sick. So Cardi, the only one I really just listened to that forced myself to listen to. Mm-hmm. Everybody else. I just, my headache was just like, nah, nigga, you need to take these pills, and you need to take your ass to sleep. So I had it on as background music. So Chloe and Haley, Chloe and Holly. Chloe and Holly. Yeah. Yeah. That was good background music to listen to when I was trying to sleep.
0: Yeah, so uh, we were actually, we've been trying to get to their album for the past couple weeks. Um, (sighs) Finally was able to get to it. And... They actually were the ones that opened up with the. They sang "American the Beautiful" at WrestleMania. Yeah, so because they're in New Orleans, right? So. Good look to them on that. Um, as far as the album goes, I was I was cool with it. it I, like I liked a, it. It sounded like eliminated reference tracks. Some of them did. Um, mainly the first half was what stood out the most. Mm. It was just some. The kids are all right. Was just an interesting track to me as itself. Like they got some beautiful vocals. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was how the just the reverb on it, just to add those extra emphasis, was something dope. And then it was kind of like it was a trap beat, but they didn't give you too much of it. So it was yeah. kind of like the it's like the buildup of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a dope record. High Low uh, with Gold Link was another good one. Um, Everywhere. And then Happy Without Me with uh, Joey Badass. Yeah. Um, it's a decent record. I liked it. It was, it was cool. And then follow that up
1: with uh cali uchis i can't even i came out the same day as cardi very smooth I, That was smooth that was how i was kind of nodding in and out i was listening to that it was pretty smooth rap it was a rap album it was a pretty smooth <laughs> r&b album like my one of my favorite was um after the storm yeah with, with tyler the crater yeah yeah
0: as soon as i saw her bootsy collins come in i was like oh okay mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure i got gotcha. you yeah um I don't know who uh, BIA or Bia is, but her feature on Miami was dope. Like her, the way she, her flow on that track was just, man, great, great flow. Yes. Um, Flight 22 for me was the standout Mm. of the record. Just great record. And then we got another taste of Georgia Smith uh, when she was featured on Um, the track Tyrant. Yeah. So that's definitely something you guys want to go check out as well. And then. Another uh, more R and yeah. Lady, come in and hold her place down. Singing wise, Alina Baraz with "The Color of You."
1: I was floating like with Khalid. I was floating in and out in this one too, but the songs I did, I did enjoy. Was floating with Khalid.
0: Yeah, Khalid. Did. Khalid, Khalid, Khalid. just—he keeps showing up on these damn projects. just I of nowhere. like he's just yeah. But he just—he fits so well on him. Mm-hmm. Um, coming to my senses, and I don't even know why though. Like just back to back records, just yeah. dope. And then, of course, I don't even know why though was the "What kind of man would I be?" sample by Mint Condition. Mm-hmm. Um, that was her project as a whole was only nine tracks, so it was right to the point. Yeah, no, no prolonging. Everyone's
1: been like dropping right to the point like projects. Right, a lot of it's like the year to EP so far. Like the first and second quarter. Are we in the second quarter now. Yeah. 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 So summer is, so pretty much summer is like the third quarter right Summer no
0: summer is the last of the second quarter and then we jump right into the third quarter which is kicks off right at uh,
1: July I think that one. I don't know how these quarters all Yeah go. June
0: is the last quarter or uh, last uh month of the second quarter
1: Coven B have to be incoming sooner or later Somebody gotta come. Someone, Someone's gonna pop up. Either Cole or Hovind Beyonce. Yeah,
0: a big name's gotta be coming pretty soon.
1: Because there has to be at least one of these motherfuckers. Not the to say
0: Cardi's not a big name, but that was her debut. Like, we're talking about established. Maybe Rihanna.
1: Nah, it's gonna be Jay Z and Beyonce.
0: Well, I'm just saying, maybe Rihanna. Rihanna's
1: gonna be later.
0: No, but if you think about it, if she drops
1: end of the second, start of the third, that's a, she might have some records for the summer. Nah, I think she's gonna drop up in the fall. I think she's gonna fall. I think Jay Z and Beyonce have some shit coming. Well, we know they gotta come because they're going on tour. They're going on tour, so she's if anything, I feel Rihanna's gonna show up. That's true.
0: In. That's true. Yeah. And then our last one of the week, uh, Uncle Forty Water and Be Legit, which is uh Connected and Respected, their uh dual album joint project. Uh, of course, y'all heard uh Boy featuring Pilo on the playlist. Yeah. Of course, that was a knocker. Video's dope too. Um Get It On, get it on my own featuring Aki. Uh, Need to know featuring Rex Life Raj. Shout out to Rossi because Rossi put us on to him. Um, that was a dope record. And then
1: Blame It featuring The Click. Yeah, yeah. That whole album, man. I, I that was the one album when I was getting better. I started. I really started listening to him. and E40 he is still just spitting his ass off like he always does. And be legit, man. Be legit. looks one of my. He looks like my grandpa, man.
0: Yeah, they, they're God up places, there. So. They're up
1: there in age. But no, E40 still looks the same. B legit looks like my grandpa. Well, E40 actually don't. He's he lost a lot of weight. E40 always be losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight. Make it be like Seth Rogan. Like Seth Rogan, him and him and Seth Rogan. Losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight. Make him my mind. Be it fat, be or be skinny or be thick. Pause.
0: Speaking of Uncle 40, um, Dom finally introduced me to the sweet tea slurricane, uh, sweet lemonade or simply lemonade mix. For yeah. like a, a hood ass Arnold Palmer oh, that, 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 that boy
1: fuck you up wouldn't
0: it boy uh. no it didn't it was as smooth as shit, though it's one of the smoothest drinks that's gonna be a go- to. so that's gonna be that sounds like it's gonna sneak up on you if you're not paying attention that's what I mean yeah, yeah you, you gotta you gotta pay attention to the the hood ass Arnold Palmer but understand it's a dope ass drink mm. so y'all heard it here first you can credit my little brother Dom for introducing y'all to the hood ass Arnold Palmer Cut the check, yeah, please, please. Yeah. Um, so that covers music for the week. Uh, we also had some. You want movies?
1: Did I go to the movie? Only movie when I was better. I was trying to fight this damn code, I'm like, I'm going to these motherfucking movies. Yeah, I went. <laughs> <laughs> I went to go see a quiet per, a quiet place. Okay, that featured our boy Jim from the office. He has a real name, but he's Jim forever. What?
0: Yeah, uh, John Krasinski. Yeah, he's Jim. What?
1: <laughs> uh, he, he, he um he started it and directed it. Nice. Yeah, it's "Quiet Place" is a movie that takes place that takes place in a post apocalyptic apocalyptic world, and it follows this family that has to be silent because okay. if they make any type of noise, these alien zombie-like creatures come and just get you. Gotcha. Because it, it reacts to sound. So they have to be very, very silent. Or so they're going to come and just get your ass. Okay. And he did a really good job because the whole movie was just silence. There was very little dialogue in it, which was really creative.
0: Nice.
1: And it was his director debut, so he directed it and started it. And he did a really good job, and it was number one at the box office. He definitely has some prep because uh, he definitely has some... I think he directed two or three episodes of I The Office. Did. Yeah, so, his, his film debut. Yeah, yeah. film debut. So he's
0: definitely been prepped for it. Um, <laughs> he's starting to get his shine on. Like, yeah, the last did. couple of years with some films i have dropped out, and I think he's actually up for another TV series on USA, Man, I think. He was hey, he was
1: happy as hell because Stephen King gave him props, and he was like, oh, my God, Stephen King likes it? Right. So he, he was happy as hell that the movie's getting a lot of good critically <sighs> acclaimed. Well,
0: something that might bring you down is that. Well, there so was another the, movie that came out. Well, before we get into that, so the success of Roseanne. Oh yeah, um, they're okay. talking about bringing back two other series. One of them in contention is The Office. Well,
1: not you! you am the one obsessed about that damn show. I'm not happy about that. Well, like
0: I just there's nothing left to talk about. They all left. Well,
1: None left. No one's no left for fucking Roseanne to talk about. And hey, they brought it back. See, I blame Fuller House for this because the success of Fuller House showed. Oh, reboot shows can really work. So I blame. Was that, that show. the first one? Yeah, and then it was no, it was Girl Meets World, but Fuller House was the yeah. one that really showed that it could work. So yeah, blame Fuller House and Netflix. Oh, well, I mean Hollywood
0: does all the time. I mean, we nah, think but about it not
1: to this extent. What they've well, been doing right No, like no, now, no.
0: The, the, what I'm saying is that they're they change a while, but with how they do it, it's still the same format. If you think about it, when we had uh, in um, Living Single, all they did was they just got a white Living Single <laughs> and called it Friends.
1: Yeah. But this um, one, so
0: now, do. so now instead of just taking. Separating black comedies and broader audience, audience or yeah, audience shows. Um, now they're just going back to reboots. So, because
1: <laughs> yeah, reboots work, as they so they see the success rate. So, yeah, because William
0: Grace is doing pretty good from what Yeah, I
1: it is. And fucking, they're bringing about Murphy Brown. You remember Murphy Brown? Yeah, yeah, they're bringing that shit back. Murphy
0: I'm, Brown, man. Murphy Brown,
1: they bring back the Cosby show. <laughs> Damn, Damn, man! <laughs> shit. Well, speaking of like Cosby Brown, like shows, you hear about how the um, the director of Blackish or the creative director of Blackish just he's trying to get out of his contract with ABC. Yeah, yeah. After they fucking stopped him from showing that episode about players taking a knee and shit, mm-hmm. and then you fucking have Roseanne come back to talk about political shit, but nothing happens. They have the highest rated shit ever. Yeah, so he's he's trying to find a way to get out of his contract. Oh
0: yeah, because you also so not to say that they're. Defending what they're doing. You gotta understand the situation. ABC is a part of what? ESPN. No, ABC is a part of Disney. Disney. ESPN's a part of what? Disney. <laughs> yeah, so, Disney. so yeah. Disney. Conflict of interest now there. And yeah. It's it all boiled down to business. It all
1: comes down to business at the end of the day. Racist, but business. Yeah. Racist business. Uh so you finally watched on my block, huh? Yeah, and
0: I told you. Like, I had a sense of what the fuck was going to happen.
1: Well, I didn't want to tell you. I want you to watch it. I told you to tell me this shit last time. Why? I didn't want to tell you shit. Don't ask me about shit. Just watch it.
0: Well, then don't tell me to watch shit. Well, I'll tell you to watch it. You can tell me to watch it, but don't still be like, yeah, well, the ending's going to catch you off guard. Well, yeah,
1: because it did.
0: No, don't tell me that then, because then I'm going to figure it out at some point. Well, shit. Yeah, so after the second episode, I realized Ruby was going to get popped. So how did
1: you figure out Ruby was going to get popped?
0: Okay, so this is how I figured this shit out.
1: Oh, sorry, spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah, but,
0: you know, whatever. It's been out for two weeks now. Y'all had your chance.
1: That's yeah, true. Um, Not even for two weeks. It's been out for longer than that. Actually, it has. <laughs> it has. I was still in my old apartment.
0: It has. Y'all definitely... I'll uh, fuck y'all, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah,
1: take some them, take them, take them sirens back.
0: Um. <laughs> all right, so, Monsi. Ain't nothing going to happen to her because she's the one that seems to keep everybody intact. mm and yeah. if you take her out, then that means that you're forcing Ruby and Jamal to get in a situation where they're thinking about joining a gang, and that's not who they are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So she's out the picture. You're not going to take her. Jamal, while he's black, and while he's the first person that usually they go after traditionally, that's not who his character is, and he was too far busy doing what he was doing. It wasn't That wasn't going to take place. Caesar himself, if you take out the gang member... And then there's no point in the show. That's the Yeah, plot. because none of them are going to join gangs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he's just gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So... That leaves one more person. And that's Ruby. And as soon as Ruby came out talking about I'm Ruben, I was like, damn, they're gonna shoot that little guy. Like, that's <laughs> fucked up, dog.
1: I, just, I didn't figure that shit out. I was just when I first watched the show, I was just watching it as, Okay, it's like a coming of age show, you know, I was like, Okay, there's some there's some violence in it. And I was like, Yeah, okay, whatever. See, that's
0: the, they kept leaving clues. Because just when you thought it was just a normal coming-of-age story, there was, like, always this
1: reality that hits you. Yeah, I was seeing that, but I'm thinking, no, it's like one of them Netflix shows. You know, I didn't think it was going to get that violent. That's what I was thinking. That's what caught me off. I didn't think it was going to get—it was going to be, like, it was going to go there. No pun intended. Right. So, like, when the ending showed up at the Kentietta, I'm like, oh, Ruby uh, made up with the chick. You know, they're all dancing. And then I was thinking, that motherfucker gonna come back and shoot that boy and try to shoot Caesar. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you just see, you see old boy just creep up in there and then take his gun and then take the gun. And then just, it, I was just like, oh no! And then pop shot Ruben and the other girl.
0: Yeah, so it went through Ruby and then it hit Olivia in the chest as well. Mm-hmm. And so she's laying down in her, obviously in her dress and her pool of blood. Like she's, she's obviously, it looked like her wound might be fatal. Um, But nah, it, even. No, nah, no,
1: nah, Ruby was fucked
0: up. He going to gon' make it. Yeah, he'll, yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll make it. I'm saying she might not.
1: What makes you say that? Oh yeah, because you saw the hers
0: sh- was a little bit closer in the center than mm-hmm. his. His was more like on his pick. Not to say that bullets can't travel, but you know, you're not gonna just take one of the main characters
1: right away. Yeah. Um, I don't think she' gonna die. Hopefully she, she don't. I think she's gonna. I think both. I think he's just gonna be in a coma. And that shit came out of nowhere, and then it cuts to um, the black dude on the fucking bike, and he found the money. Yeah. I'll Ring ride.
0: around the rosy, pocket full of posy, ashes, ashes. We all fall down. This goes a short nursery rhyme ain't always just a nursery rhyme.
1: Yeah, and he was just on his bike and I was just like, Oh, and then we gotta wait for season two.
0: Yeah. Um it's a good series. I liked it. Yeah. Uh yeah. and of course I, uh Spooky. Spooky gonna find Caesar and be like, I thought you told me you killed him. I said, What a le
1: yeah, like it just left hella unanswered questions. I love right. seasons like that when they have when they get more unanswered questions. I think like, hey, you gotta tune in next year. Yeah. So
0: Jasmine's character was funny. She mm-hmm. was a little hot ass mess one. Yeah, she was funny. I was Paige about to retire? But yeah, no, it was, it was a good series. I, I liked it overall. And then I caught one more, which is your favorite TV character, Young Tariq from Power. Oh fuck that nigga. <laughs> so actor uh, Michael Rainey Jr. He starred in this uh, new Netflix original, Amateur. Mm. Uh, it was directed by Riley Koo, and basically what it does, it follows this eighth grader as he goes up into pretty much the high school realm. Mm. Um, they move him up, and he joins this private high school just based off his talent for basketball. And it just shows the the ugly truths behind the scenes that you know.
1: I didn't. These, watch these are all
0: these are all amateurs, but they're not really amateurs when you think about it. And it actually came at a perfect time with everything that's going on in the NCAA. Mm -hmm. Uh, the story itself is nah you know what I'm saying it
1: just ends too quickly it's just read. no he actually did a
0: great job he did Um, did a really really good job he still just
1: has that punchable face
0: I wouldn't say that but then when you get towards the end yeah you'll be like why did you do that I'm gonna punch you in your fucking face I can tell I can tell you'll, you'll watch it and you'll be like why the fuck are you doing that why I mean just like power but it, but on the flip like I'll, I'll kind of spoiler
1: alert, he didn't get anybody killed, so that's at least positive. Step up, right direction. Speaking of Power, I think Fifty released like an Instagram teaser trailer for season five of Power. Ooh, nice! Yeah. It's about that time. We got a few more months left. Yeah, it's about to be that time. That time period, Power. We actually just two months
0: left now. Think about it. Yeah, and of June.
1: Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Yeah, can't wait, man. now nah, I feel my headache. I'm gonna take some Advil. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, hopefully I get. Well, I will be better next week because we gonna see. When are we supposed to see um, Big Crit? That's in two weeks, huh? Uh, we see Crit. Yeah, next weekend. It's next weekend. The tw- 19th or the 21st. 21st. Yeah, 21st. Yeah, and then that same week, fucking Infinity War comes out.
0: It's gonna be a hot spring. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say it's gonna be a hot spring because you know Cam promised us a hot summer years ago and yeah, we didn't get it. So
1: didn't get it. Yeah, I, ain't, I ain't looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm gonna take some Madville. and this was episode 84, 80- oh? aka the Randy Moss episode. I was about to say. Yep, Good Hall of
0: Fame. Yeah. Man, well, yeah, now that covers episode 84, and uh, we'll get back to y'all when we get back to y'all. Hopefully, it's next week. Fuck Jed York. For the sickness. Peace. Peace. Peace.